Hey everyone, Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com, Ready For The Draft podcast. Week three of the college football season in the books. We just have two more games left in the month of September. I'll tell you what, this year is flying by. Before you know it, college football is going to be over. I don't even want to think about that. I'm having way too much fun with this college football season. I hope you are as well. Uh, But first things first, you know, this podcast, you know, I'm taping this after uh, watching Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, 635 days in between uh, victories. You know, last win was Christmas Eve 2016 and uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, uh, especially the uh, 2018 podcast series, Uh, You'd hear me talking about it over and over again. If John Dorsey wanted to change the losing culture in Cleveland, he would take Baker Mayfield number one overall in the draft. Again, I didn't think that that was going to happen, but I kept saying it over and over. And now you're getting to see exactly why I believe Baker Mayfield was the best choice there at number one overall, and uh, you know it's it's good to see that he he's proven me right at least you know with this first game. You know, came into the game. You know, down fourteen to nothing, just over or just under two minutes to play in the in the first half, and uh, you know they they wind up kicking a field goal, and uh, Browns ultimately end up pulling out the win, twenty one seventeen. It was seventeen to twenty three for two hundred one yard, no touchdowns, but also no picks. Did catch a two point conversion on the on the Philly special. Uh, if that looked familiar for you, Sooner fans, we did see that against Georgia. In the playoff, uh, when, when Baker Mayfield, you know, caught that, uh, caught the pass around end, but uh, B- Baker Mayfield, you know, you, you saw some of that swagger. He's got this little run that that he does after after touchdowns and gets his arms waving, knees knees high, uh, kind of that high knees going, and uh, you saw a little bit of that in the game already, uh, coming from from this rookie. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, for those of you that are in Cleveland, you know, just expect to see more and more of that swagger as as the confidence continues to grow with Baker Mayfield. Uh, that the, the the accuracy, you know, I, the the broadcast, uh, Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman were talking about the accuracy, and that's something that you saw uh, there at OU. You know, Sooner fans are very used to seeing Baker Mayfield fitting passes into tight windows. Uh, the release is is unreal. The anticipation, uh, his ability to make plays with his feet. You know, there was one play where he was forced out of the pocket, ran into his own lineman, and was able to get rid of the ball, uh, make an accurate throw down the sideline before uh, a linebacker could could drop him down for a sack. You know, Baker Mayfield just making plays all over the football field, and uh, you know, to me, you know, he he absolutely outplayed Sam Darnold, uh, who definitely looked like a rookie in that game. But Sam Dar- or Baker Mayfield looked like uh, a ten-year vet, um, just with the way that he was playing uh, out out there. And he's one of those guys. Come on, you can't count him out. Uh, you know, the, the two-time walk-on always ended up being the backup. And, uh, you know, he, he said it best on the, on the broadcast after the game, you know, that, you know, he's always having to be prepared. You know, he was being, you know, had to be prepared, you know, at Texas Tech, had to be prepared at OU. Now the same thing with, with, uh, with the Browns. And, you know, I, I think Cleveland's uh, got the right mindset. I think they've got the right guy at the helm, John Dorsey, bravo. 
You know, he's got, you know, Gennard Avery uh, rushing the passer uh, at, at the linebacker position. One of the guys that I have in my two, uh, 2018 all shoots team, uh, you know, Miles Garrett's coming off the edge. You know, that defense is looking really tough. You know, Denzel Ward, you know what? I, I gave that that pick a hard time uh, because I thought that Bradley Chubb, you know, pair him with with Miles Garrett and, and you'd really see uh, a, a pass rush to be reckoned with. But man, you know, they're able to do that without him. You know, you saw, uh, you know, Trevin Coney uh, making plays, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, you know, that that's a name to, to make sure that you keep an eye out for because, you know, Ogunjobi starting to make a name for himself. Joe Schobert making plays. Uh, but yeah, Denzel Ward, you know, that, that strip that he had, um, just taking the ball away from Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, he's starting to really uh, make a name for himself and he's showing that John Dorsey knew what he was doing when he took Denzel, Denzel Ward with the number four overall pick. They needed a playmaker at the cornerback position and, uh, you know, they went out and got one in, in Denzel Ward. Um, so, you know, hats off to the Browns. Um, you know, again, first win in 635 games or 635 days, uh, excuse me, but, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson, definitely happy for him um, and the, the Cleveland, Lions, Cleveland Browns organization. So with that, we start to get into the college football season. Um, and uh, week three, um, you know, after after the games, I got, got through another 13 games. So that puts me at 51 total games pretty much from beginning to end. If there were any blowouts, you know, I made sure – that uh, once the ones uh, were pretty much out of the game, that's usually when I turned off. But for the most part, uh, just about beginning to end, uh, 51 total games, that adds up to 72 teams uh, to this point. I'm looking at a few games this weekend. You know, We'll talk about them. Um, I've got another nine teams uh, that hopefully I'll get to take a look at. Uh, Tulsa and Temple played tonight. Um, 31-17 outcome there. Uh, Temple Owls getting the win, putting them up to 2-2 two and two now on the year. Tomorrow, uh, the Fighting Illini haven't gotten to see them play under Lovey Smith. They uh, they have to play Penn State. Um, and then over the weekend uh, on, on Saturday, uh, you know, Akron, the Zips, you know, and, and the Zips are a team that I'm actually looking really for, you know, really looking forward to. You've got a, a couple of linebackers and, and Ulysses Gilbert, uh, the third, a guy who makes plays all over the football field. I really am looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, Jamal uh, Davis, the uh, outside linebacker who who likes to get after the quarterback, and then uh, you know, uh, Kyron Brown, their their cornerback. You know, he's a big guy um, out there. He's a six one cornerback um, who who looks like he has some NFL potential. They're taking on um, you know on Iowa State, so that's going to be an interesting game. You know, I want to see what what that that linebacking core is going to be able to do with with David Montgomery. Um, you know, Clemson taking on Georgia Tech. Um, haven't gotten to see Georgia Tech play. Um, really want to see what uh, what that front four, what it looks like against Georgia Tech's uh, rushing offense. I'm really curious to see what uh, you know, what Cleveland Farrell, uh, you know, Austin Bryant, what they're going to be able to do setting the edge, and then on the inside, you know, what are we going to see out of out of Christian Wilkins and uh, and Dexter Lawrence, uh, Mississippi State. And, and Kentucky, you know, Kentucky beat Florida for the first time in 31 years. And, uh, 
man, you know, Mississippi State, all that talent on the defensive side of the football, you know, really uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons and Monta, uh, Montez Sweat take on uh, Benny Snell. Now, if you don't know who Benny Snell is, definitely tune into that Kentucky-Mississippi State game uh, this weekend. Benny Snell is, is one of the more underrated running backs. Uh, you know, big guy. You know, he's 5'11", 223 pounds, I believe, just, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, junior back. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to rush for over 1,000 yards again this season. Uh, had 1,300 uh, a, a season ago. And I really don't think that he's getting credit on the national scene that he that he deserves. Um, and, and so he's someone that I think if he has a good game against Mississippi State, people will have to start talking about him. And uh, especially now that, that Rodney Anderson is no longer in the discussion um, at the running back position, unfortunately, with that, that knee injury, um, that that allow someone like Snell to sneak into uh, you know the, the talk as, as one of the top running backs for the draft. Uh, Florida, you know speaking of, uh, of the Gators, uh, they, they take on Tennessee. Uh, be curious to see you know what Florida Florida brings. Um, you know Dan Mullen there at, at the helm. Air Force, you know, the Air Force Academy, they're taking on Utah State, so I'll, I'll make sure to, to tune into that. And then Eastern Michigan, man, Eastern Michigan, you know, they, they get a big win against Purdue. Uh, now they're going to be taking on San Diego State. Uh, the Aztecs, uh, who took up, um, took on Arizona State uh, a, a week ago, took them out. So, you know, that's going to be another nine teams that I haven't gotten to see just yet. So that'll put me up to 81 total teams uh, in, in just four weeks uh, of college football action. So, you know, you figure, you know, with 130 FBS programs, my goal to get through, you know, watching at least one game from beginning to end uh, for every uh, FBS team, I think I'm well on my way to making that happen. So without further ado, let's go ahead, let's get into into this college football uh, week three, take a look at uh, the week that was. Um, I, I'd would be remiss if I didn't get to get a chance to to talk about uh, Ohio State. You know, I didn't get a chance to watch that game just yet. I haven't recorded um, Ohio State getting the win over TCU, forty to uh, to twenty eight. But the big story there is Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa to me is is the 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 guy. That's that's the number one overall pick. He, he's proven to be unblockable. His four sacks among the top in the country already so far this season. Uh, six four, two hundred seventy pounds. And, you know, he, he went down to injury in, in uh, the third quarter, had already, uh, I, th- I think it was five five tackles and a sack on the day when, when he went down. It was early on in, in the third quarter. Um, you know, they called it a, a core injury and uh, core muscle injury and, and had to have surgery on that. So he's out for, for this week's game. Um, you know, they, they take on Penn State in, in a week. So the question is going to be what you know where where's Nick Bosa going to be? What's his health going to look like? Um, so Ohio State, you know, up front, you're going to have Draymond Jones, who's really going to be featured. He's going to be seeing a lot more double teams. Um, I think that's one of the things that Ohio State had the luxury of is you, when you have Nick Bosa and Draymond Jones, you're not going to be able to really double up both of them. If you're going to be able to do if you're doing that, then uh, you're going to have some problems because. You know, Ohio State has some talent up front. Um, you know, besides the two of them, but uh, you know, you're definitely going to be seeing some of the younger guys. Um, you know, having to step up. You know, Jay Sean Cornell, uh, Chase Young, uh, Jonathan Cooper. 
um, get into play, um, you know, and they're going to have to get after the quarterback, you know, a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the thing that, that I'm just bummed about is any chance that you have a, a, a guy as special as Nick Bosa, you have a finite number of games that a college player gets to play in, you know, wearing, you know, in this case, the, 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 uh, the garnet and gray, um, there for, for Ohio state. And, uh, you know, whether you're a, a Buckeye fan or not, you know, I'm, I'm a Nick Bosa fan. I enjoy watching him play. The hand usage is just incredible. Uh, the explosion off the ball. Um, you know, he's always making plays, always in the backfield, a motor that never quits. And he's just a, he's just a fun guy to watch. And, you know, he, he, you know, we've already been treated to, um, you know, 26 games in the last two seasons, but uh, you want to be able to see, you know, as many games as possible in college, because guess what? After this season, it's going to be over. You're not going to see him, um, you know, in a Buckeye uniform. So you want to be able to savor every moment that you can watching him play at the collegiate level, uh, because we're going to have we're going to have plenty of of years to watch him in, in the NFL. And so anytime you see a player that's that's as special as as Nick Bosa is, and you know you just have them go down to injury, even if it's not for the season, um, you know it, it's one of those things to where it, it's it, it's hard to take. Uh, a, a little bit because you know I was watching my Trojans, uh, you know we'll talk about them here in a little bit, but uh, they they went down um, went down hard, crashed and burned against against Texas, and uh, you know at the same time I, I walk into the other room and I see Nick Bosa on the ground and uh, you know I was I was pretty bummed. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play. Hopefully this injury won't be out too long. Uh, Urban Meyer and company um, not really, you know, mums the word on, uh, you know, his timetable for a return. But, uh, you know, here's to, to Nick Bosa on a speedy recovery. So let's go ahead and jump into Thursday night action. Uh, Boston College taking on Wake Forest. Um, there in Winston-Salem, you know, game got moved up. It was really weird. Um, you know, the game, game started, I think at four o'clock central. Um, you know, so by the time I got a chance to, to tune into the game, the game was already over. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Eagles, man, you know, Steve Adazio's team, uh, coming out with the win 41, 34. Um, you know, if you haven't gotten to see AJ Dillon play, uh, th- this guy is going to be a back that everyone's going to be talking about as as a potential first round pick uh, in in next season's draft. Thirty three carries, one hundred eighty five yards, and a touchdown for Dylan. Um, you know, and this is just he's just a big big back, six foot, two hundred forty five pounds. Uh, the sophomore just runs with with such such power. Um, you know, just runs runs through contact, uh, keeps the legs driving. Um, you know, nine and a half yards per carry. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things when you watch AJ Dillon play the, the the just massive thighs. You know, to this guy, so he's always seems to be falling forward because those legs just keep on churning. He runs through contact. Um, just really, you know, a, a downhill runner. Um, but one of the things I thought was really impressive was, you know, he he was pretty patient. You know, when, when a hole developed, you know, he put his foot in the ground, would hit the hole in a hurry, um, and, and gets north and south. Um, Dylan, to me, you know, I really want to see what, what he can do, um, you know, against some of the, the top defenses there in, in the ACC. 
um, you know, let's let's see here as as I'm sitting here talking. Let's see what uh, what their schedule looks like. So, you know, now that they've they've beaten Wake Forest, they'll take on Purdue. Um, they'll get to play NC State, um, Miami. So really, it, it's the towards the, the the end of the season, October 26th against Miami. They'll take on that that Hurricane defense. November 3rd at Virginia Tech. Um, you know the, the showdown against Ricky Walker, uh, a young athletic defense there for the Hokies. Uh, Bud Foster, what's he going to be able to do to try to scheme against AJ Dillon? And then Clemson, you know, uh, November 10th. Um, it's a home game. Um, so they'll be playing there um, at home, and you know, I'm in Chestnut Hill at Alumni Stadium. Um, I'm going to be uh, definitely tuning into that game. Um, BC, you know, they've got a, a mobile quarterback, and that's something that uh, that Clemson can struggle with at times. Um, you know, but uh, when you have have a guy who was uh, throwing the ball so well. Um, Anthony Brown, um, you know, threw for 304 yards and five touchdown passes in the game, um, showed an ability to, you know, escape the pocket, throw well on the run, um, you know, play action, getting the ball deep, um, had a speedster there on the outside, uh, Jeff Smith, um, you know, six receptions, 145 yards, two touchdowns. He was his favorite target. Um, just had the speed to get vertical, um, you know, good route runner as well. Um, you know, really, you know, took what the defense gave him. Um, but really what, what, what impressed me though, was just the, the ability for, for watching Anthony Brown just continue to develop. He's only a sophomore, um, six, two, 220 pounds. I thought he looked, looked, looked comfortable in the pocket. You know, a lot of the play action, being able to read the defense and, and get rid of the ball quickly, um, It'll be interesting to see what what Clemson is going to be able to do because you know if you're uh, loading the box against AJ Dillon, then that you know gives you matchup man to man you know on the outside, and Jeff Smith has has the speed to get deep. You know you figure that Trayvon Mullen will more, more than likely be playing uh, Jeff Smith there on the outside, um, but you know all the tight ends that they have there at uh, at BC, Tommy Sweeney's definitely the, the the top guy there uh, excellent hands as a receiver um you know a decent route runner um a, a guy who um you know does a good job you know running his routes you know there's a good corner route that he ran there against uh, wake forest um you know showed off some some hands uh catching the ball away from his body he's not a, a body catcher by any means five catches 58 yards and a touchdown um you know in, in the game against the the, the demon deacons but uh, bc is no slouch on defense you know let's let's not uh let's not forget that they have one of the top defensive ends in the country and zach allen um, if you're looking at, at my board you know i've got him um, pegged at number five right now on my on my draft board um, for defensive ends and you know here's here's the, the, the one of the reasons why I mean this guy is just so active uh, a motor that never quits and, and I'll tell you what um, you know when you've got a defensive end that that racks up a hundred tackles like he did a season ago um, you know that's just you know it. it it's it's astonishing what uh, you know what type of production you get out of Zach Allen six five two hundred eighty five pounds, but he's able to play both with his hand in the ground and can also stand up and rush the passer off the edge. Um, uses his hands very well to get off blocks. Um, gets up the field in a hurry. 
um, you know, uses that excellent length to his advantage. I think he does a really good job um, being able to keep, um, you know, offensive linemen off of him. You know, he's able to get off blocks easily. Very violent hands. It's one of the things that I noticed. Not only is he, you know, providing a, a really good punch at the point of attack, but uh, also able to quickly get the offensive lineman's ha- uh, hands off of him. Um, you know, uses that, that slap move a lot of times to um, get get defenders off of him. And, uh, you know, the effort, nonstop effort. Another guy with a motor that never quits. You know, in addition to the to the quick get off and, and all the athleticism, you know, just that motor. Um, that's one of the things. You know, we 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 seem to be talking about that a lot. You know, we talked about Nick Bosa with the effort. We talked about Ed Oliver with the effort, and, and Zach Allen's just another guy. He chased Matt Colburn, the the running back there for Wake Forest, thirty five yards all the way down the field. Um, you know, to uh to be around the the around the football when he went down. To me, that 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 speaks volumes. You know, when you have your, your best defensive player, um, you know, putting out uh, you know the most effort out there on the football field. But I'll tell you what, he's not alone in terms of, of rushing the passer. Wyatt Ray is someone that you have to start really starting to, to start start to take a notice of. Um, he's going to be playing on Sundays. Eight tackles, four sacks, and, and a quarterback hurry. 6'3", 255 pounds. Um, you know, there was a, a a stunt, and he he looped around, uh, shot inside through the through the gap all the way to the quarterback. Um, you know, chased him out of the pocket. Um, you know, it seemed like he was running the stunts to perspe- to to perfection. You know, just able to loop around, was beating the inside uh, interior lineman, and then uh, would close close quickly on the quarterback for the sack. Um, you know, I thought he did a really good job collapsing down on the zone read. Um, you know, but you know, the problem with him is, is sometimes he'll, he'll lose contain and, uh, the quarterback, you know, Sam Hartman was able to go ahead and get outside, um, you know, for a bit on him, but, uh, gosh, I'm looking at my notes and it keeps talking about all the stunts. You know, he was coming around the speed, uh, to quickly get, get around the, you know, um, to loop around to get around inside and then just run by the, by the blockers to get in and affect the passer. Um, you know, to me, Wyatt Ray, you know, another guy, you know, he, he embodies the, the effort that, that you see from Zach Allen. You know, Lucas Dennis, the safety, um, 5'11", 185 pounds. I hadn't really gotten to see a whole lot of, of his play, um, you know, over the last couple of years, but, you know, he, he's a guy who just a season ago, seven interceptions, another, um, you know, 10 pass breakups, also 83 tackles. So very active. Um, the ball skills are evident. You know, you see him out there, um, you know, making quick, you know, quick breaks on the football. Um, he's, he's a very sure tackler in the open field, but he's also going to look for the big hit as well. Um, he, he's a guy that uh, you want to have back there patrolling, um, you know, the defense in the, on the back end, you know, if I'm looking at my, my current draft board, I have Lucas Dennis sitting in my top five, um, right now at number four, you know, he's, he's one of those guys right there with, with J.R. Reed, uh, Taylor Rapp, uh, J.R. Reed of, of Georgia, Taylor Rapp of Washington, uh, Jaquan Johnson of, of Miami, Right there, right in the middle. You know, I think right now, uh, Deontay Thompson of Alabama, uh, Jonathan Abram of, of Mississippi State, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida. I think those are the three that have kind of set themselves apart. 
um, you know, with, with me, you know, I, I want to see Lucas Dennis, you know, really take things to the next level here. Um, I want to see another, another, uh, season like we had in, in, in 2017 out of Lucas Dennis. Um, let's see who else can we, can we talk about here? Um, you know, Connor Strahan, uh, Strahan, um, you know, he, He's one of those guys who's just a, a ball hawk, a guy who's just mean, nasty, um, you know, 15 tackles, you know, and a half tackle for loss on, on the day. Um, you know, he reminds you a lot of Luke Keekley just from the fact that, you know what, if, if you want to know, and I talk about this a lot about Luke Keekley, if you want to know where the football is going to be, just watch Luke um, because he's not running to where the football is right now. He's running to where the football is going to be, and he's going to beat the ball to that spot. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that you see out of Connor Strahan is, is he's able to diagnose plays quickly and get to where that football is going to be uh, ahead of time. So that, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about him. You know, one of the things, though, was he, he's battled some injuries and, and he's one of those guys. He's a little undersized, six foot, 230 pounds, um, you know, but he, he's one of those. He's just tough as nails, someone who might be able to, uh, to make a team um, on uh, – you know, special teams alone. Um, you know, I look at Tyler Matikavich, who was one of my favorite players coming out of Temple. Man, you know, over 100, 100 tackles in each of his, his four seasons there. Um, and uh, he's been a, a special teams ace there for, for Pittsburgh and now getting some um, some time, um, you know, with the unfortunate injury to, to Ryan Chazier. He and, he and uh, John Bostic um, taking over that inside linebacker spot next to Vince Williams. Um, I think Connor Strahan could potentially carve out a little niche like, uh, Matikavich has been able to do. Uh, Will Harris, the safety, you know, 6'2", 210 pounds. Um, you know, he, he closes very well on the football. Um, you know, I think he does a really good job. Um, you know, really good job, you know, ma- you're making a, uh, Break on the football, you know, breaks quickly, reads the quarterback's eyes, diagnoses the play, um, gets gets downhill in a hurry. He's somebody to watch um, at the safety position. Could be creeping up some draft boards um, before long. You know, if you look at Wake Forest defensively, um, and really, you know, before we go to, to Wake Forest on the defensive side of the football, um, you know, Hamp Cheevers. Uh, is a name that you'll have to start getting used to uh, for next year's draft. Five ten, 185 pounds, but the junior, you know, I thought you know showed some, showed off some pretty good instincts and ball skills. Um, you know, he he's someone who can can elevate and uh, and high point the football. Um, also does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, diagnosing the play quickly, breaking quickly on the football, undercutting the route, and uh, getting a hand in to knock the football away. Um, you know, Hamp Jeevers someone to uh to watch out for for uh for next year's draft um up front wake forest has two guys to kind of keep an eye on uh defensively at that defensive tackle position willie yarbury and uh zeke uh zeke rodney uh zeke's uh, a little bit smaller um you know in terms of of height you know he's six one but he's 305 pounds willie yarbury six two two eighty five um you know, willie yarbury not a whole lot uh, performance performance wise not a whole lot to speak of um you know he did have have six tackles 
But, uh, you know, what you're looking at, Zeke Rodney, seven tackles, one, one and a half tackles for loss. You know, yes, Yarbury had the six tackles, but it was Rodney who really was making making plays. You know, I, he'd split the double team at the left uh, left guard in the center, pressuring the quarterback, getting up the field. You know, I thought he did a good job standing up the left guard uh, as well, getting under his pad level, um, you know, able to kind of throw him throw him down and, and, and get off the block um, to ultimately wrap up. AJ Dillon in the hole for a tackle for loss, and you know the the left guard um, you know was having trouble with with Rodney for most of the game. Um, would have really liked to have seen him line up against Chris Lindstrom more often. Uh, Lindstrom is is a six four, three hundred ten pound guard. Uh, he played tackle uh, a season ago for BC. He's back at guard, um, and I think the the athleticism. Um, the, the leverage, um, he was the reason why, you know, Yarbury really didn't have many splash or memorable plays was because Lindstrom was playing with good leverage and was really, uh, you know, holding his ground there against Yarbury, getting, generating some movement. Um, you know, I thought that he did a really good job climbing to the second level, um, and, and getting some blocks there, um, you know, on out, out in space and getting a good push up the field as well. Out on the wing um, at the cornerback position, you know, you're looking at East Saint Bassey, you know, 5'10", 185 pounds, only a junior, but uh, he, he's one of those guys to where if, if he has a big year, he could potentially uh, be one of those guys to come out. Um, you know, we did see um, Jesse Bates come out of uh, Winston-Salem um, just a season ago, and he was a second-round pick um, there in Cleveland. I'm sorry, in Cincinnati. And the Bengals ultimately let George Iloka go because Jesse Bates, um, you know, was was ultimately the the, the guy for them. And uh, you know, Bassey is a guy who definitely has has the ball skills, um, makes plays all over the all um, all over the field. Um, one of the things that I, I was impressed with was the fact that he was knifing in off the edge in the running game. You know, he dropped the running back in in space. Um, you know, he's looking at, looking to get, you know, come up and get physical with AJ Dillon. And that's something that you don't always see from a cornerback. You want to see that cornerback come up and get physical, um, whether it's with the receiver or in the running game and run support. Um, he's saying Bassey, not the biggest guy, like I said, 5'10, 185 pounds, but he was willing to mix it up. And I think that's going to go a long way when you're talking about, uh, someone's draft stock. Let's see anybody else. That I can talk about right now from this game. Oh, Cameron Glenn, um, you know, led the Demon Deacons in, in tackles a season ago. Um, you know, he was he was injured some, and uh, you know, six one, two hundred pound safety uh, back into the game. I thought he did a really good job flowing downhill. Um, you know, got outside, set the edge, forced uh, AJ Dillon to. Um, to, to ultimately cut it back inside, he strung him out and then ultimately dropped uh, dropped Dylan for a loss. Um, you know, but I, I just thought that he really did a good job knifing in uh, before Dylan could really get ahead of steam and getting north and south. That's really the key to stopping AJ Dylan. Keep him, keep that pad level, you know, parallel to the or the the, the pads, um, you know, parallel to the sideline. If he ends up squaring up and is is square to the to the goal line um, and he's getting ahead of steam north and south he's very very hard to bring down um so bc gets the win there um uh, we tune in on friday memphis the memphis you know memphis tigers taking on georgia state um they're at the liberty bowl and a running back to watch 
and I've actually thrown him into my top 10 just because I've enjoyed watching him play, um, is Daryl Henderson. You know, 14 carries, 233 yards. So, you know, when you look at, at those numbers, just staggering numbers, you know, one of the top backs in the country, uh, 8.9 yards per carry. That's second in the FBS. He's 5'9", 200 pounds, only a junior, um, but uh, definitely has the speed to, to open it up and, and, and go the distance. You know, had seven plays over 50 yards a season ago. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought was just so impressive was, you know, he was able to get skinny going through the hole. All he needed was just a crease and then, uh, you know, a quick lateral cut to avoid defenders in the hole. Um, then he gets out to the second level. And one of the things that, that, you know, was really impressive when he get out into space, when he would set defenders up, he'd see the defender coming in and, uh, you know, three, about three yards before he was even at the, the, the defender, he's setting him up to, to cut back, uh, against the grain. And you saw that time and time again, um, you know, breaking tackles, you know, at the, at the second level. So, you know, he's someone, like I said, five, nine, 200 pounds, but uh, he was breaking tackles. Like, like he was AJ Dillon, um, nine career, hundred yard games. And, uh, you know, just the speed, speed demon to go the distance, you know, he's a, he's a little guy, but, uh, you know, he, he's someone for me, I, I want to see him catch the ball out of the backfield, um, you know, one of the smaller change of pace type backs, you know, you, to be more versatile, you want to make sure that they are able to catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield. Um, you know, Travon Tate, the, the line, uh, the left tackle there, 6'4", 292 pounds. Um, you know, to me, you know, even though they have Drew Kaiser, the center, I still think that uh, Travon Tate is probably the, the best offensive tackle there, or I mean, best offensive lineman there for the Tigers. Um, you know, I thought that he did a good job. Uh, sealing off uh, the end in, in the run game, getting his hips around and, and you know being able to sustain the blocks. Did a good job keeping his hands inside uh, in, in pass protection. And uh, you know one of the things that, that I, I noticed was you know the, the feet, you know really good feet sliding um, you know to, to pick up the defensive end. Um, you know there was a, a screenplay in, in the red zone. He showed it you know an athletic play to get out to the to the to the DB. Um, drive block, you know, and, and able to ultimately bury him on, on an 11 yard touchdown. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, Tate is one of those guys, he's, he's an athletic, uh, tackle, uh, someone who would probably be, a you know, more than likely would end up being a, um, a practice squad guy early on, but someone that teams would look to develop and, you know, because of that athleticism, um, you know, I think that definitely stands out. Uh, Georgia State, you know, their best player, Penny Hart, you know, 5'8", 180 pounds, slot receiver, a vertical threat. Uh, the issue for him is he's just so he's just so small. The, the, you know, the, the diminutive one just couldn't get off a, you know, a, a jam at all. Um, you know, slot receiver, you know, it's really going to be his game. You know, can you jam a slot receiver? It's, it's you know, pretty difficult to do so. Um, but, you know, just four receptions, 35 yards. You know, Georgia State was was pretty much outmanned for the majority of this game. And, uh, you know, you really didn't get to see Penny Hart take the, the top off of it, off the defense at all. Um, but, you know, again, that was kudos to to that Memphis defense. Um, one of the guys that I, I, 
I really enjoy watching is, is Jonathan Wilson. You know, he's 6'3", 268 pounds, moves very well. And, you know, if he's not able to make a team as a, as a defensive end, I could see him potentially switching over as a, as a fullback um, or possibly even a blocking tight end. You know, just, just a, a, a really good athlete. Um, you don't see a, a ton of fat on the guy. You know, he's pretty lean. Um, you know, he's a, you know, has a big, uh, lower body, especially, you know, big butt, um, which I think, you know, would definitely be beneficial, um, as a, um, on the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, so he's someone to me, he actually got a carry, um, on a, on a fake punt. So, uh, he, he did show the, show off a little bit of the athleticism there, um, to me, Jonathan Wilson, you know, I, I could see him making an NFL roster, uh, because of that athleticism, um, probably going to end up starting off on a, on a practice squad, but a guy who I think could end up playing at the next level, probably not as a defensive tackle, which is where he's playing right now. Um, but as a fullback, I think it's definitely possible. You know, if you remember Bruce Miller, um, you know, came out of central Florida, um, as a defensive end, uh, racking up all kinds of sacks and, and such, um, was a little undersized to play up on the line, but they converted him to, to a fullback there, uh, in San Francisco and, uh, you know, played, a, played a couple of decent seasons there for, for the 49ers, um, really kind of a surprise guy, um, there, um, for the 49ers. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I see for, um, you know, for, uh, for Jonathan Wilson. Now at the same time, you know, I, I, if I'm bringing up Bruce Miller at the same time, you know, I also have to make sure that, you know, a lot of the legal issues that he had, you know, that's, you know, um, you know, charged with, uh, with assault. Um, you know, I know that he ultimately was charged with, with seven, seven felonies. Um, none of that, um, you know, when I, when I speak to it, I'm talking about his play on the football field, but, uh, you know, to me, Jonathan Wilson, definitely a lot of fun to watch, as was T.J. Carter, uh, the cornerback, 5'11", 180-pound sophomore. I thought that he did a really good job um, you know, um, on, on the outside with his closing burst. I thought he was kind of slow out of his back pedal, um, but I thought that you know he had that closing burst to, to recover very well, has decent ball skills. Uh, Jackson Dillon, uh, the outside linebacker, 6'6", 258 pounds, um, you know, kind of a rush end slash... Uh, Outside linebacker did a really good job with his hands, hands, you know, hand fighting with the right tackle. Was able to go ahead and uh, shove him back into the backfield, and uh, was able to get in on a sack on third down. Um, thought he he showed decent hips, dropping back into coverage, um, you know, and, and moved all over the line. Um, thought he did a good job, um, you know, collapsing down, you know, on the run, you know, making things difficult. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, clogging some lanes for for the running back, allowing um, you know the the DBs to ultimately make a play on 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 the football. Uh, Dylan was hurt a season ago, and uh, you know he's one of those guys who's kind of a fringe player. But you know that that athleticism is something that um, I enjoy watching. Um, so Jackson Dylan, you know, another uh, another guy to to be on the lookout for. So coming into Saturday, um, you know, I, I live in, live in Oklahoma city. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife is a, is an OU grad. So of course, uh, we had the game tuned in to OU Iowa state 
Jack Tri Stadium there in Ames, Iowa, and uh, OU number uh, number five in the country uh, wins 37-27. You know, Iowa State just did not want to go away, um, but you know, Kyler Murray is showing that uh, he is every bit uh, you know the, the the you know fits the the hype in terms of you know being a, a top ten pick in uh, in the baseball draft. Um, you know, four point four point six million dollar man, um, but uh, comes back to OU and and you see why. You know, twenty one of of twenty nine, three hundred forty eight yards, three touchdowns um, through the air. Um, you know, really has developed a connection with both Marquise Brown and CD Lamb. Uh, Marquise Brown just was so explosive in this game. Nine receptions, one hundred ninety one yards. You know, Marquise is you know here, here's the, here's the deal. You know, Marquise Brown could end up entering the draft um, at the end of the season. Um, I, I think one of the things that you saw was, you know, he, he'd go over the middle, um, you know, and and really does a, a good job avoiding defenders in the open field. Um, you know, he was coming across, you know, showed some good speed to get to the sideline, and then ends up down the sideline for a forty-seven yard game. Uh, you know. Play action by by Kyler Murray runs by the corner over the top on a post for 75 yard touchdowns. Had two steps on the DB um, when he was able to go ahead and get over the top. Um, he's someone who could just take the top off of a defense. Just so explosive uh, after the catch and uh, just you know that vertical speed to run by you as well. Um, you know also showed some good body control um, on a corner route. Uh, able to go up and, and make the play and still be able to get his foot in bounds before going out. Um, you know, to me, Marquise Brown, definitely a guy who's probably going to be a, a, you know, would probably be a day two pick, I would say. Um, you know, you saw Christian Kirk a season ago was a, a second round pick. I think that's where Marquise Brown uh, will likely end up uh, at, at this point. But OU, look, OU, uh, you know, Sooner fans, even if Marquise Brown does does enter the draft, you have uh, C.D. Lamb there for another year, 6'2", 189-pound sophomore, uh, just a big physical receiver. Um, you know, does a good job working back to the quarterback. Um, uh, does a good job, you know, extending his extending those arms. You know, really showing, you know, not only showing his numbers, but being able to extend for the football. A lot of guys want to wait and let the ball get into his body, and uh, you know, defensive backs will will be able to take advantage of that and make a play on the football. Not C.D. Lamb. He's someone who really extends for the football, attacks it in the air. Um, a good route runner, you know, really, you know, snaps it off um, on a on an outbreaking route, flattens out that route, makes it makes it an easy pass for the quarterback. And Kyler Murray again, just so efficient, the ball placement, putting the ball outside where only his receiver can make a play on the football. Um, you know, so C.D. Lamb will be there um, in in Norman for for at least one more season. Um, you know, Bobby Evans. The, the left tackle, you know, 6'5", 301 pounds, moved to the left side um, with uh, Orlando Brown out, and uh, or I'm sorry, Orlando Brown now uh, onto the NFL. You know, I, I thought that he did a good job getting, you know, he was athletic, um, showed the ability to get out to the perimeter on a swing pass. You know, but uh, he, he, to me, he, he's one of those, um, you know, I think he's probably going to end up kicking inside to guard when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I thought that he was beaten inside badly um, on a swim move. 
uh, by the defensive end. Uh, he was ultimately picked up by by Ben Powers, who was only a three man rush. Um, you know, did a good job. You know, pulling, um, getting around, locating uh, Marcel Spears, and just flattened him in the open field. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch there. Um, you know, doesn't sustain his blocks and pass protection. So he'd um, a, a lot of times, especially when you have a, a running quarterback or a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray, you, know, you want to be able to try to sustain those blocks um, so that uh, defenders won't be able to chase down their quarterback. And that was just something that you'd see him hold it, hold the block for a count of two. And uh, a lot of times, you know, those defenders were ultimately able to chase Kyler Murray out of the pocket as a result. Um, you know, it did a good job climbing to the to the second level. Um, just really manhandling the uh, the secondary defenders. Um, you know, but you know, I, I, again, beaten by by Jaquan Bailey off the edge. Um, really, no kick slide. You know, I thought that he looked really flattened, uh, flat footed there on the edge. And uh, you know, I, I think he was expecting uh, to be able to handle. Bailey's speed. I think he was expecting to be, you know, be able to easily cut him off, and he wasn't able to do that. Had to open up way too soon, and uh, ultimately chase uh, Jaquan Bailey, um, who is a a pro prospect in his all in his own right. You know, six two, two hundred fifty one yard, uh, fifty one pounds. Uh, the junior, um, you know, an athletic edge rusher there for the Cyclones. Sticking with. The Cyclones. I think we've we've talked about uh, the guys that we want to talk about here for OU. But you know, if we stick with the Cyclones, especially on the defensive side of the football, um, you know, a couple more names to give you: Marcel Spears, six-one, two hundred fifteen-pound junior. Um, you know, did a good job. You know, running through the block of uh, of of Samia that was pulling um, to ultimately make a play on the running back. You know, Willie Harvey, six-foot, two hundred twenty-four-pound senior. Um, you know, an, another athletic linebacker, um, you know, does a good job in coverage, reads the quarterback's eyes very well, um, you know, was able to get his hand in the passing lane and knock a pass away. Um, Greg Eisworth, he's only a sophomore, but, you know, a name to, to really start being familiar with at, at the safety position. Six foot, 198 pounds. This guy was just all over the field. He was knifing in on, on run plays. Um coming downhill you know on the edge to to drop you know Marcellius Sutton for a loss he was actually the guy that was uh you know ultimately fell on on Sutton when he had that that gruesome uh knee injury uh just really fell awkwardly um you know this is a really good job wrapping up um you know did it wrapping up Kyler Murray on the outside you know you know you're talking about an athlete there was able to break down and, and wrapped up really well um just so quick to react quick to diagnose um just a ball hawk uh, led the the Cyclones with with 14 tackles on the day. Um, he was one of the better players there for the Cyclones, I thought. Um, and then, you know, the, the two offensive players that that we we have to make sure that we talk about. First of all, uh, David Montgomery, 5'11", 216 pounds. You know, I thought you know he showed some pretty good speed on on the outside before lowering his pads to to finish his run. It was a 16 yard gain. This is a guy who who runs very well behind his pads, keeps those legs churning, and he's somebody who just always seems to be following forward. You know, you don't see him getting driven back at all. It's because he he does run with you know he with a low center of gravity, that low pad level, and uh, you know those big thick legs. Um, you know he's. Um, you know, just dragging tacklers for, for extra yards. Um, you know, he showed decent hands out of the backfield as well. Um, you know, that's something that, 
you really want to see from from uh, Montgomery, you know, showcasing the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Forty nine receptions in his first two seasons um, in Ames um, for for Iowa State, you know. And one of the stats that they actually uh, quoted there in the broadcast was that he actually led the FBS in, in missed tackles forced in in twenty seventeen. I thought that was an interesting stat. Um, but uh, let's see what else. What else can we talk about him? You know the vision. Um, you know being able to see the the cutback lane puts his foot in the bra- in the ground. Very decisive. Has that burst to get to the hole. And, and once he gets north south, he's another back that's just going to be able to to run through contact. Um, and then you know speaking of guys that are running through contact, uh, the receiver Hakeem Butler, six six, two hundred twenty five pound junior. Um, this was a guy who was just plucking the ball out of the air with his hands, um, you know, and, and was running down the numbers, extends, you know, you know, extends for the ball, catches, catches it over, over the defender, and then was able to, um, muscle through, uh, the, the defenders for, for 24 yards, you know, just running a uh, good run after the catch. Um, you know, there was a, a, a catch on the perimeter. Um, he ultimately made the. Uh, made Trey Norwood the corner miss, got north and south really quick for an 11 yard gain. Um, let's see, you know, a skinny post up the seam um, for for about 20 yards. Then he shrugged off uh, Khalil Houghton and uh, was able to ultimately, um, you know, take it for a 51 yard touchdown. Just a, a guy who just couldn't be blocked, you know, couldn't be tackled. That's one of the things that I think OU is really going to have to watch out for. I think their their defense in the front seven has really improved, but it's that secondary that's going to get them in trouble. You know, last year they had a secondary that really was having a hard time bringing uh, bringing receivers down, and a big physical receiver like Hakeem Butler, like I said, that that one was a 51 yard touchdown. Um, had another touchdown. Let's see, uh, vertical route on Parnell Motley, um, back shoulder throw. And uh, ultimately was able to avoid the tackle of, of Parnell Motley and was able to take it deep for a 57-yard touchdown. Two touchdowns over 50 yards. Um, you know, a lot of missed tackles there by, by OU. Uh, Hakeem Butler, five receptions, 174 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, while David Montgomery, 21 carries, uh, 82 yards and a touchdown. Caught one pass for seven yards. Um, Hakeem Butler, look. You know, 6'6", 225 pounds, like I said. You know, if you look at uh, the receivers in my my draft class, you know, is there a chance that Hakeem Butler could come out? There are a ton of receivers that are that have great size. So it's not like, you know, it, it's this is a draft that's going to be um, hungry for uh, someone that that is big and physical. You know, you have Nikhil Hare, you have A.J. Brown. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside for Stanford. He's a junior, and there's a chance that he could be coming out. Um, Emmanuel Hall is someone who can get vertical, 6'3", 195 pounds. Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. I'm going to be talking about him here in just a minute. He definitely looks apart as an FCS receiver. Um, so, you know, Hakeem Butler is, is a name to just keep an eye out for. Um, you know, there's a chance that he could enter the draft. If he does, um, he, he'll probably be a mid-round selection, but uh, definitely one of those physical receivers who could, uh, you know, who could stick with the roster. Um, I'd like to see him come back for his senior season, get another uh, year under his belt with uh, Zeb Noland, who's going to be the, the starter next year um, for the Cyclones. But, uh, you know, I think the future is bright there for Matt Campbell and, uh, and Iowa State. 
so let's see. What's our next game on the agenda? Ah, Miami and Toledo. Played at the Glass Bowl there in Toledo. Um, you know, the, the Hurricanes taking out the Rockets 49-24. Um, you know, I wanted to really tune in and, and watch Toledo. You know, one of uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Cody Thompson, went down to injury, you know, a knee injury a season ago. And, uh, you know, just hadn't really looked up to up to form he was i thought he was one of the better um possession receivers in the in, in college football uh 21 career touchdowns um you know does a good job still does a good job with his his routes i don't think he was quite as explosive um ran an out route from uh from the slot showed a really good route was able to separate from his man um you know flatten flattens the route out um, snapped the route off and was able to um, catch the ball right there at the sticks. So, you know, good presence of mind and awareness to, to know where that first down marker was. Um, you know, but uh, I, I, I think the really the guy that, that people should be talking about uh, that haven't um, on that other side of the ball there for the Hurricanes is Gerald Willis. You know, 6'1", 300 pounds, um, just so athletic. Um, for a big man, collapsed in the pocket with speed, speed to power, uh, shooting the A gap, fought through the the right guard's block, um, you know, with uh, the center coming over as well. Um, ultimately, flattened the quarterback um, as he was starting to set up and and, and make his throw. Um, you know, to me, um, he, he's someone who just continues to flash. I watch Miami week in, week out, and uh, you know, Gerald Willis is somebody who needs to. You know, it's a very deep defensive tackle class, but he's someone who, in, in one of those mid rounds, someone can end up getting a steal when it's all said and done. Um, Shaq Quarterman, you know, he's someone for me that uh, you know he's he's the thumper downhill. You know, I think he does a good job. Um, you know, he actually jumped a route. On a, a, a throw to uh, Deontay Johnson, you know, in the it was a slant route in the end zone, um, was able to to jump the route underneath, um, tip the ball. It ultimately went off of his hand, and there was a touchdown by by the receiver. But uh, you know, some good instincts there, um, playing um, in in coverage. That's something that I really wanted to see. You know, he to me, I I thought of him more as a, a thumper and working downhill. Um, but you know, he did show, um, a little bit in terms of, uh, of dropping back into coverage, you know, really the, the Toledo receiver switching gears back to Toledo for a second. Um, the receiver that really stood out for me was Deontay, Deontay Johnson. You know, you've got not to be confused with John V. Johnson, who's also, um, a receiver for the Rockets, but Deontay, uh, 5'11", 185 pounds, you know, could be a slot receiver at the next level. 17 career touchdowns himself. Um, set the uh, Toledo single season uh, recept- uh, record for uh, receiving yards a season ago. Um, has good speed. Um, you know, does a good job tracking the ball uh, over his shoulder. Um, you know, making play on the football. Uh, can get vertical as well. Um, but like I said, I think he'd be a good slot receiver at the next level. Somebody who probably looking at about fifth, sixth round, um, possibly um, fall to the seventh. Um, but uh, definitely someone who I think is is worthy of being drafted there in the later rounds. Uh, Joe Jackson, you know, one of the things that I that I noticed watching him play. Um, this week, and I have kind of moved him down on my board just a little bit, um, was just the, you know, the, the lack of, of, of explosive speed. 
know, at that defensive end position. I thought that, you know, a lot of plays he looked like, you know, looked like he was just getting getting blocked way too easily. Um, you know, he did have uh, 14 sacks and, and 21 tackles for loss coming into the season. Um, and, and really what I, I think is, is he plays with excellent power and, 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 uh, and strength at the point of attack. Um, you know, he just he extends his, his arms and puts his hands into the, into the right tackle's chest uh, to drive him all the way back into the quarterback. So again, that, that speed to power, um, you know, being able to um, really manhandle the offensive line uh, to ultimately make plays. Um, but he does lack the ideal speed off off the edge. So you know, if you're talking about using your speed, you're using your your power. Um, you know, you're gonna have to make sure that you also have a little bit of that that burst coming off the edge. And I just don't know if he does have that burst. Um, you know, to really be a a, a guy that's going to um, be effective off the edge, play in and play out. So those were the players that I thought stood out. Um, for me watching the Hurricanes and, and Toledo, um, Syracuse, Florida State, you know, Willie Taggart's crew, um, really in trouble, you know, and, and if you watch Florida State for me, you know, DeAndre Francois, I think is a decent quarterback. Uh, you've got Cam Akers, you've got, um, you know, Jacquez Patrick, um, but the offensive line struggling mightily. Um, you know, I think Alec Eberle in uh, the center is a, is a pro prospect there at the center position. Um, but when you've got, you know, Cam Akers and, and uh, Jaquez Patrick, and, and I see them split out on, on the edge. You know, when you're talking about those guys being out on the perimeter, that's not their game. Their game, especially Jaquez Patrick, is running between the tackles. When they did move him inside between the tackles, he was able to to generate some movement in the running game. But, uh, you know, I, I think Taggart doesn't have uh, the personnel at Florida State to run his offense the way he wants to. And rather than adapt and adjust, you know, right now it's kind of fitting a, a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to work. So, you know, Syracuse was able to go ahead and capitalize on that. And uh, Eric Dungy, you know, the, the, the senior, 6'4", 226 pounds, um, just 7 of 15, um, passing, you know, and, and had nine carries for 37 yards, um, rushed for over 200 rush, uh, 200 yards, uh, you know, just last game, just really a, a smart, intelligent player, um, did a good job with, you know, with some of his ball placement, but, uh, took a big hit in the second quarter and, uh, ultimately had to turn the, turn the game ball over to, uh, to Tommy DeVito and the freshman delivered. Absolutely. Um, it ultimately led, led the, uh, the orange to the victory, um, like I said, Jaquez Patrick, you know, he actually showed some decent hands out of the backfield, um, was able to reach the ball. Um, you know, reach out for the ball, I should say. Um, trying to read my notes here. You know, able to extend and reach out for the football. Um, Cam Akers, you know, there was a... Um, You know, had some good speed, you know, getting downhill. You know, I think that was the thing that I, I, I have written here three or four times is, you know, good downhill speed. Um, you know, when you get him out on the perimeter and, and the lateral movement, you know, he's not going to be one of those guys who's going to be very elusive in space, but uh, get him downhill and and he's going to make some things happen. Um, you know, Alec Eberly was blocking for him out there on the edge um, a little bit, you know, getting out, uh, you know, and, and climbing to the next level. 
um, but also on the inside. He pulled on a counter, got to the second level, um, you know, able to spring acres for a big run. Um, thought he had active hands as well, um, able to keep the, the nose tackle in front of him. Um, that was one of the things, you know, that I was looking for. Um, you know, McKinley Williams, no tackles at all. And, uh, you know, the big guy, Chris Slayton, you know, just one tackle um, in, in this game. So when you're talking about that, um, you know, Alec Everly was doing a good job lining up um, against Williams and Slayton. Um, it was uh, a lot of the linebacker play that ultimately was 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 killing killing them. And, you know, really the, um, you know, the, both of the tackles struggled and, and uh, you know, the guards also had a, had, had a bit of a challenge as well. Um, but Alec Everly to me, I thought was the, was a standout up front. And of course, you know, when we're talking about, about the defense there for Florida state, you have to talk about Brian Burns, you know, six, five, you know, he was, he was 218 pounds a season ago. I want to say, you know, he's up to 235 pounds, just so quick off the edge, um, gets up the field in a hurry. Um, does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes. You know, if he's not going to be able to get to the quarterback and he can get into the passing lane, he's got such uh, such length, the, the long arms to get the hands up to, to knock the pass down. Uh, excellent hand usage on the outside. That's one of the things that pass um, you know, pass rushers have in common, um, and, and Brian Burns definitely has that. Um, you know, does a good job too. You know, keeping his balance despite the the you know getting a, a cut block. So I think that also speaks to that athleticism. He's going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker, um, rushing the quarterback, kind of a Harold Landry type. Um, you know, but, but Brian Burns has the ability to affect um, you know, just, just about every play. So he's a guy that you definitely have to game plan for. Definitely a guy who's worthy of a first-round pick. Um, you know, Dontavious Jackson, you know, and, uh, a linebacker, 6'3", 228 pounds, only a junior. Um, but he was one of those those guys who just seemed to be making plays and uh, was all over the field. 14 tackles, two of them going for loss, and uh, just seemed to be getting penetration versus the run, blowing up plays left and right behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he, you know, would time time things right, shooting through the a gap, um, you know, just disrupting disrupting plays, um, using his hands really well um, to be disruptive. Uh, Dontavious Jackson, um, definitely, you know, someone who, who is, is looked at as, as one of the leaders, um, on that defense and a defense who, you know, to me is, is, is quite young, um, missing a lot of guys from, from a season ago. And, uh, Dontavious Jackson is going to be one of those guys that Willie Taggart's going to be relying on, um, to, to help with that, that defense. Syracuse, we talked about DeVito already. Um, but, uh, the receiver, one of my favorites, um, you know, clearly it's becoming a favorite of mine is, is Jamal Custis, four receptions, 56 yards in the game. You know, Custis is 6'5", 213 pounds, but is a vertical threat. Does an excellent job, um, you know, with the ball over his shoulder, tracks the ball very well. Um, the issue was, you know, the hands, you know, the hands, show, you know, he showed some, some inconsistency catching the football ball came right over his shoulder and uh, hit him right in the hand and the ball just went right through it. Um, you know, but then later on did haul a pass in over his shoulder, um, you know, right up the sideline um, and showed some good body control, getting his foot in bounds as well. Um, you know, showed, showed a good, good speed on, on the screen to get up the field in a hurry as well. 
Uh, he's one of those guys who I think could be a later round pick, but um, could end up moving up some draft boards at the combine. I hope he does get a get an invite because I'd be curious to see exactly what that 40 is going to run for that 6'5 frame. And then finally, I, I spoke of him earlier, uh, Chris Slayton, 6'4", 305 pounds. You, know, you really had to keep an eye on on him, even though uh, he didn't make a ton of plays. He was affecting the game because he was being double teamed. You know, and I thought he did a good job using his hands to beat the double team at times and get to the quarterback, hit him as he throws. Um, you know, as a three-four defensive end, showed a good spin move inside on the left tackle. Um, it, you know, but it was one of those things. You know, with that that spin spin move. Um, you know, wanted to see him kind of set that up a little bit better. You know, you see some of those pass rushers on the edge, um, on the outside. If you're going to use that spin move, you might want to start with, you know, with, you know, spin move back inside. You know, you got to start heading up the, up the field on the outside and then spin back inside. And you really didn't see that from, from Chris Slayton. He just went straight into that spin move and, uh, the left tackle was able to go ahead and, and, um, use that power step and, and wall him off. Um, but Chris Slayton, to me, I think is a mid-round pick. You know, he has that power on the inside. He can be very stout at the point of attack. Uh, shows off some athleticism as well. Um, he's someone, to me, probably a fourth-rounder. And I think you're getting good value for him there. Penn State took on Kent State. And, uh, you know, I wanted to see what Penn State was going to do here. 63-10 to 10 was the final. Um, you know, and, and Trace McSorley, you know, here's a guy who... I was really high on coming into the season and the accuracy to me just isn't there. You know, 11 to 22 um, for 229 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And I just thought, you know, the, the inconsistency with, with that accuracy, the ball placement, um, those were some of the things that, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing um, because, you know, he's somebody, he's a gunslinger. He can, he can make plays. Um, but I, I just thought that there were too many, um, too many missed throws, you know, he'd leave a lot of throws out there on, on the field. Um, you know, was able to get vertical at times, you know, getting the ball to DeAndre Tompkins as his number one target. Um, you know, I thought that he did a good job there. Um, was able to hit his tight end on an outbreaking route from the right hash to the left sideline. Showed some good accurate, uh, some good arm strength and accuracy there. 15 yard pass, um, you know, on that outbreaking route, you know, most difficult, one of the more difficult throws to, to make because that, that, player is is heading away from you across the field and uh, he was able to put the ball to the outside away from the defender um you know, but trace mcsorley you know that, that gunslinger mentality i think that's something that definitely gets him into trouble at times let's see um amani oruwarie is is a uh, a press cover corner on the outside um very physical with the receiver um, you know, but I think one of the things that I was really impressed with was his ability to stay stride for stride with the receiver up the field. Um, you know, plays tight, you know, up on the receiver. Um, you know, I, I think for me, you know, he, he's somebody who can be, 
a lockdown corner on the outside. 6'1", 203 pounds, wasn't a starter a season ago. You know, you had John Reed and, and Grant Haley. And, you know, the thing was, was every time you watched Penn State play, it was uh, Oruwarie who was actually the guy that was making plays. And he was a guy that you continued to want to watch more and more of. Um, and because of that, because of the physicality, because of the way that he's able to make plays on the football and, uh, you know, in a reserve role a season ago, um, let's see, Oruwarie, you know, four, four interceptions and, and seven pass breakups again in a, in a reserve role, um, uh, played in just 11 games as well. Um, but I have Oruwarie right now, if my computer will work, really, let's see if I can get my computer to work. Hmm. Right then, but I actually have him have him slated as the uh, as my number two corner, or I'm sorry, number three corner. Obviously, you have have greedy um, greedy Jackson, or I'm sorry, greedy Williams as as my my number one corner. DeAndre Baker is number two, but then there's Amani or uh, Oruwariye, uh sitting there at number three. Um, Penn State also has a, an edge rusher, uh, Sharif Miller, 6'5", 260 pound junior. Um, I think he does a good job running the arc, you know, able to dip his shoulder and rip through, um, you know, beat the right tackle off the ball and around the edge to drop the, the running back for a tackle for loss in the backfield as well. Um, you know, was just running by guys and running through blocks all game long, ran through the tight end block on a quarterback rollout, closed in a hurry for, to get a sack, um, on the poor Kent State, uh, quarterback, um, drove the right tackle back with speed to power, um, good leverage, you know, got under his pad level, drove the, um, drove him back to the quarterback, able to get off the block, and uh, was able to, you know, get to the quarterback and sack, sack him as he was stepping up into the pocket. Um, so some definitely someone for me that I'm I'm looking forward to um, continuing to watch his growth. I think Sharif Miller continuing to um, make plays, and uh, obviously you know Connor McGovern. Um, you know, is he a center? Is he a guard? You know, he, he's definitely going to be an interior lineman. We just don't know exactly where he's going to play. I think he has some versatility um, to play multiple positions. But uh, I look at Connor McGovern, you know, definitely physical at the point of attack. Um, just absolutely planted a defensive tackle. Um, you know, also has some agility, um, you know, to be able to, you know, start blocking, you know, block down on the, on the defensive tackle, then climb to the second level, um, locate the middle linebacker, and then able to seal him off to allow uh, the running back, uh, Miles Sanders, to bust off a big run. Um so, you know, to me, I think, you know, McGovern, when you're looking at, you know, you're talking about uh, some of the inside, you know, some of the interior linemen, um, to me, uh, you know, Connor McGovern is one of those guys that you have to be talking about. Only a junior, but uh, someone who I think can um, step in at the next level and ultimately make uh you know, make an impact. Uh, you know, the question is going to be, you know, for, for Connor McGovern, for, for Nate Herbig, uh, there are several um, of these underclassmen that, uh, you know, you really have to wonder, you know, what's their next move going to be? Are they going to come out and enter this draft? Are we going to see them come back for their senior season? I think that's something that, uh, you know, right now is probably up in the air. 
but uh, definitely some guys that I, I, I do want to see at the next level at some point. So let's see what else we have here. Next game, as we're working through here, ah, you know, our first of the two top 10 teams to get knocked off. Um, you know, so you have Wisconsin um, against BYU. You know, the, the Cougars go into Camp Randall there in Madison, uh, knock them off 24-21. You know, Rafael uh, Gaglianone missing the, the field goal um, that ultimately – let the Cougars uh, win that football game. Um, you know, you had uh, also had uh, Auburn, you know, number seven overall, uh, going down to the, the number twelve LSU Tigers. Um, you know, in uh, Jordan Hare, but uh, the BYU—that's the bigger story. That's the one that we're going to be talking about here first. Um, and I'll tell you what—you know—BYU looked like a much different team um, than, they, than they did a season ago. Uh, I, 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 you know, they're just much more physical. I think Kalani Sataki, um, in the, the broadcast at halftime was talking about how, you know what, we're, we're ready, ready for the fight. We're ready to get smacked in the mouth. Um, and, and you could tell that this was just had a different, you know, this team just had a different feel. You know, they, they talked about how there were, you know, defensive ends playing linebacker, linebackers playing safety, um, guys just moving all over the field. You know, they Zane Anderson was a safety that was playing linebacker, um, so they had guys moving all over the field. Um, I, I think their best player defensively was Sione Takitaki, uh, 13 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. Um, you, you saw the instincts. You know, this was the guy who a season ago was playing defensive end and was having a hard time getting off. Uh, getting off blocks, you know, but nine tackles, two tackles for loss, three pass breakups coming into the season. Um, you know, I, I thought that he just showed excellent range. He was all over the football or all over the football field, excellent in pursuit. Um, you know, there was a, a a play where Jonathan Taylor was had an outside run and uh, just did a really good job to uh, react, get outside, um, you know, run from the left left hash all the way to the right on, on the, on a stretch play. And I uh, was able to close quickly um, and get out there before the old line was really pulling and was able to get knife in for a tackle for loss. I thought that was one of his best plays of the game. Um, Sione Takitaki, 6'2", 230 pounds, uh, a senior. And uh, to me, he's one of those guys again, and, you know, in those mid to late rounds, um, you know, playing that linebacker position has a chance to, to stick with an NFL team because of his ability, I think, to play uh, play some special teams. BYU also has uh, a defensive end, you know, former basketball player, uh, Corbin Kafusi, um, brother Bronson Kafusi, um, you know, was a, an NFL draft pick for the Ravens. Uh, 6'9", 275 pounds, um, showed a really good swim move, um, you know, and, and really was was giving David Edwards some, some – uh, uh, some trouble on the outside, you know, was attacking Edwards outside shoulder, um, you know, and you know, he was kind of pushed up field a little bit, but he didn't give up on the play, um, kept pursuing the quarterback, uh, quarterback ultimately rolled out and, uh, you know, was able to, um, 
ultimately get a, get a good hit on the quarterback. And I think there was an interception by Taki Taki. Um, let's see. That was a near interception. Sorry. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a good job to, to get getting off David Edwards block using his, his long arms to, to wrap up the running back. Um, you know, did the, another, another good job, you know, avoiding the block of the right tackle, um, came down the line and was able to wrap up the running back for no gain. You know, one of the things that you worry about for a guy who's six nine is, is leverage. And I think there were times where he was stood up off the ball and, and was blown back. But uh, he, he also showed an ability to to be a stand up defensive end. I think that athleticism, if you can keep his pad level down, you know, he's somebody who you know could definitely be a, a three four defensive end at the next level. So Wisconsin, what happened? You know, this was something that you know, a game that they were supposed to win. You know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, 117 yards on the ground. Um, didn't score a touchdown. You know, you always see the speed um, on, on the outside. You know, I, I thought that you know, you know the, the leg drive keeps fighting for extra yards. He's one of those guys who's just so much fun uh, to watch. Um, you know, that just generates so many yards after contact. Breaks it, breaks tackles um, left and right. Um, you know, excellent lateral cut um, to to beat uh, Taki Taki in the backfield kept his balance and was able to get up the field for a 10 yard gain, um, you know, leg drive to, you know, for extra yardage, um, spin move to get to the edge, had a stiff, stiff arm on the outside, um, to get an extra four yards on on an 11 yard gain. Um, you know, I want to see him catch the ball more out of the backfield. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that he's going to have an issue with, um, but just the acceleration, the speed, the power, um, Jonathan Taylor is going to be playing on Sundays, and you know that's one of the things that I think Wisconsin fans are going to be looking forward to having him there for one more season. But uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to be one of those guys that uh, is going to be hearing his name called early in the 2020 draft. 5'11", 225 pounds. Um, you know, offensively, you know the, the that offensive line, you know David Edwards, you know Bo Benshaw. Uh, Tyler Biotis and, and uh, Michael Dieter, all all Americans, and uh, you know the the latter, or I'm sorry, the the, the three you had Edwards, um, Ben Shaw, and Biotis that actually you know took a took a series off, you know, and um, you know you just you didn't see them generating quite the the, the push that you would have liked to have seen um, from them, you know, playing and play out, just not what we were expecting to see, um, you know, quite a bit. Um, you know, David Edwards, you know, he's six, seven, 310 pounds, the junior excellent knee bender, uh, on the edge anchors well in pass protection. Um, does a good job stifling the, the bull rush of, of, uh, Corbin Kafusi on the outside. You know, he'd do a good job of, of taking the defensive end, sliding with him and, and driving him up the field. Um, you know, Kafusi, you know, did, a, you know, was coming up the field, uh, he did a good job, you know, sliding with the defensive end, but it was a secondary move back inside. Uh, Edwards led him back inside to uh, to the pocket, nearly sacked the quarterback. Um, does a good job absorbing contact, you know, that, that strike there by the defensive end. I thought he did a good job there being able to, to absorb that. Um, you know, 
when he gets good leverage, he can watch, you know, you have to watch him a little bit. When that pad level gets a little bit too high, um, he can get overpowered at the point of attack. But when he stays low, especially in that running game, he can generate a ton of movement. Um, and, and again, like we talked about in, in uh, the last podcast, um, you know, the right tackle position is, is becoming more of a, um, a position that it, it's okay to take uh, high in, in, uh, in the first round, it's, it's, it's okay to use that high draft pick. And we saw that with Mike McGlinchey, number nine overall to the 49ers in last year's draft. Um, you know, David Edwards has the capability of doing that. They're both former tight ends, you know, six, seven, 310 pounds. I just want to see him continue, um, you know, to progress as a, as a pass blocker. Um, you, you know what you're going to get with the Wisconsin um, offensive lineman in the running game. I really want to make sure that, you know, from that kick slide, is he going to be able to handle some of the speed rush? Is he uh, you know, going to be able to handle some of those secondary moves that can get him into trouble? Uh, Tyler Beatus, um, you know, just the, the pull, you know, I, I think that was one of the things that just jumped out was his ability to uh, pull around the edge just so quick, um, very tight to the line. I uh, was able to do a good job locating the linebacker consistently, engaged him, you know, with leverage, and uh, was driving him back off the football. Uh, the leg drive and, and his hands under the pad level to to really generate a lot of movement there on the line. Um, I, I think the athleticism, you know, his athleticism was really on display um, there against BYU. Um, Bo Benshaw, you know, I think he's he's another guy who's agile to to pull around to the outside. Um, excellent punch at the at the point of attack, point of attack and pass protection. Um, you know, climb to the second level and just kind of bury the safety uh, on one play. He's very physical with active hands. Um, he's someone who's going to look to maul you. Not the most athletic in the in the passing game. You know, I thought he does a good job pulling uh, as a pulling guard. Um, but not, you know, I, I think if there is a, a question mark for Ben Shaw, it's more in the passing game. And I, I think that's really for all three of those guys. You know, there are times where where Tyler Biotis, um, you know, was was beaten off off the football, and mostly that was in the uh, in that passing game. I, I thought T.J. Edwards. Um, you know, he's always very decisive. He's instinctive. Um, you know, there's really no wasted movement. Flies around to the football, 6'1", 242-pound inside linebacker. For me, he's he's one of my my top inside linebackers in the draft because he can do it all. He can rush the passer. He can he can drop into coverage. He plays the run very well. Excellent sideline to sideline player. Um, you know, I've got him and uh, and Devin Devin White of LSU as my top inside linebackers. And uh, speaking of of Devin White, if we transition to that LSU game. Uh, 22-21 final. Um, you know, Devin Devin White, um, just continuing to affect plays. You know, shooting that a gap, uh, really was was giving uh, giving the center for Auburn. Um, uh, let's see, oops. Uh, Caleb Kim, just giving Caleb Kim all kinds of fits. I think they, there were a couple of holding penalties uh, called against the center, just shooting that a gap and uh, running by the the center. All he had to do was basically just pull him down. Um, that's really all he could do. Um, but that LSU game, man, uh, Jarrett Sidham and company, um, you know, 21 to 10 there in the third quarter, um, you know, and before LSU ultimately gets, gets another three and then, uh, you know, that field goal and, uh, you know, first there was a touchdown, uh, two point conversion was missed. And then, uh, you know, that, that kick, uh, as time expired by, by Cole Tracy, 
Um, you know, when you what you figure is, you know, with eight eight eighteen to play, um, you know, Derek Dillon, seventy one yard touchdown pass, uh, makes twenty one nineteen. They go for two, they don't get it. Um, Auburn ultimately a three and out, and uh, LSU, um, you know, ultimately a fourteen play drive, you know, fifty two yards, eight up five. The final five minutes and thirty eight seconds, forty two yard field goal, Cole Tracy to end the game. Um, LSU ultimately comes out on top, 22-21. You know, Joe Burrow, Ohio State transfer, um, they're at the helm under center. Just 15-34, to 34, uh, but for 249 pounds and a touchdown, no interceptions, didn't make the mistakes. You know, it didn't seem like the, the game was too big for him, and I think that was really what was key for, for LSU's success. A lot of the quarterback play there at LSU, it's very, very suspect at times. And I, I thought that they really, you know, when you have a quarterback there that at least is able to take care of the football, you know, the, the running game and the defense can kind of do the rest. Um, you know, I was talking about Devin, uh, Devin White, you know, 6'1", 240-pound junior. Um, you know, he, he's someone who is just all over the football field. You know, I think the range, being able to play sideline to sideline, um, you know, the ability to get to the per, to the perimeter does a good job, you know, between the tackles as well. Just so instinctive, runs the alley well. Uh, excellent job getting, you know, wrapping up when he gets to the to the ball carrier. And then how about Greedy Williams? You know, uh, Andreas Greedy Williams, uh, 6'3", 184-pound so- uh, sophomore. Um, just somebody who does such a great job. Um, you know, he plays up. Uh, in man coverage, plays up on the line, uh, and just the fluid hips to turn and run quickly with the receiver, uh, stays in phase. Um, there was one play where he kind of got himself into trouble on a back shoulder throw. Um, you know, the receiver, um, Slayton, ultimately comes back for the football, and uh, Williams continued to go up the field, ultimately got called for a face mask. He was reaching, reaching out a little bit there. Um, but, uh, like I said, always in phase with the receiver, um, just does a, a, an excellent job, you know, reading the quarterback's eyes in, in coverage. Um, you know, there was a third and eight play in the, in the third quarter. Um, you know, he was up tight on the line, you know, basically almost a you know, bump and run coverage, had his eyes, uh, on, on the quarterback, had a safety over the top and basically undercut the route. Um, you know, I, I think you know, they're looking for another back shoulder throw that just wasn't there. And uh, Greedy was able to go ahead and pick that off. That was his eighth interception in his career. Had six a season ago, already two so far this year. I honestly don't know why teams are continuing to throw in his direction. Um, he's going to make you pay. Um, you know, I'd start attacking Christian Fulton and uh, whoever else is going to be playing that cornerback position opposite him. You know, Grant Delpit, he's not going to be entering the draft this year. He'll be in, the, in next year's draft more than likely. 6'3", 203-pound sophomore. Um, you know, just does a good job um, coming up and, and affecting plays both in the running game and, and in the passing game. He arrives in a hurry, um, wraps up very well, no yak, um, you know, yards after catch. Um, you know, 10 tackles on the, on the day. Also had an interception and a pass breakup. Um, just a ball hawk, always seems to be around the football. He's somebody who I think is is going to be one of your top safeties in that 2020 draft. So if we go to the other side of the football, you know, Jarrett Stidham, you know, for me, you know, Jarrett Stidham is one of those guys. Thank you, Figaro, my 
co-host here, uh, my, my Silver Lab server, uh, Figaro, she decided she'd wake up and uh, oh, looks like she's heading into the other room. So Jarrett Stidham, for me, you know, very efficient quarterback. He's somebody that I just can't figure out, though, because there are a lot of different mis- you know, mistakes that he'll make. Leaves a lot, a lot of throws that are out, out on the football field. Uh, 68.1% passer. Um, you know, very, very athletic. Gets out of the pocket. But like I said, you know, some of the throws, um, he make a great great throw on a, uh, on a back shoulder throw on one play. And uh, the next... You know, you, you would not, you know, it's almost like he didn't see the entire field, um, wouldn't see, um, you know, the safety or the cornerback, um, you know, uh, ultimately undercutting the route and making a play on the football. Um, you know, back shoulder throws, you know, I think he's definitely, you know, deadly accurate with. He's able to put the ball away from the defender on the outside. Um, you know, bootleg, you know, very athletic and, uh, you know, out there in space, able to avoid defenders on the perimeter, get the ball out to his receiver, um, allow them to make plays. Um, but but for me, like I said, Jarrett Sidham is, is my number five quarterback on the board. I just don't see him. Um, you know, I think the, that group, Justin Herbert of Oregon, Drew Locke of uh, Missouri, Ryan Finley out of NC State, Will Greer out of West Virginia, I think that cla- that group whoops hit the mic um you know that group of four has really separated themselves i think jared stidham is in in that next group um but you know for me you know i want to see more it's one of those things to where you look at the efficiency of 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 his passing but i'm always left wanting a little bit more out of him and uh you know in the the game against lsu um it was 16 to 28 198 yards and a touchdown two interceptions doesn't push the ball down the field a whole lot um, you know, and, and to me, like I said, I just I'm, I'm expecting to see a little bit more out of Jared Stidham if I'm going to be taking him in uh, the top three rounds of the draft. To me, right now, I see him as being a, a mid-round pick if he is going to come out into the draft. Let's see, who else can we talk about here? Um, you know, if we go back to you know it, when LSU's got the football. You know, Garrett Brumfield, um, 6'4", 303-pound left guard. You know, I, I thought he did a really good job uh, keying in on Dontavious Russell. That was who was lined up over him for most of the game. Um, you know, unfortunately for, um, you know, for uh, Damian Lewis playing the right guard position, um, you know, it, it was Derek Brown that was lining up over him. You know, but Dontavious Russell, just two tackles on the day. I thought that, that you know, Brumfield did a good job driving Russell back off the line uh, in the run game, um, did a really good job, um, you know, climbing to the, to the next level, um, finding, um, you know, Deshaun Davis, getting a block, you know, and ultimately sustaining that block to the, to the, to the whistle. Um, you know, another play absorbing the punch from, from Dontavious Russell, and then ultimately able to reset, extend his arms, lock him out, and ultimately was able to hold him in there in place. Injured in the in the first half, ultimately made it back on onto the field in the in the third quarter. Um, you know, I thought what really stood out was the hand placement, getting underneath the pad level, and really neutralized Dontavious Russell. I think that's going to be some tape for him as people talk about guards at the next level. I think uh, you know Garrett Brumfield, his stock is going to shoot up because of uh, of his play during this game. I thought he was very consistently um, you know on target with his his blocks. Um, you know, 
the the other guy there, you know, like I said, we were talking about Ontavius Russell, but uh, you know, Derek Brown, 6'5", 325 pounds. He is a junior. Uh, nine tackles in the game. You know, a, a half tackle for loss. Um, when you have a big man like that, you know, he's he's making plays down the line. Um, you know, run play gets to the perimeter, kind of strings out a little bit, and he's able to get all the way outside to make a play on the on the football. Just a powerful punch at the point of attack. Um, drives the right car back off uh, off the ball. Uh, gets his hands underneath um, the, the the pad level. Stands his man up, and then able to dump his man and, and ultimately bring the running back down. Um, you know, he's able to collapse the pocket. Very physical. Um, a guy who's just just mean and, and just wants to dominate you at the point of attack, um, but he's also athletic to be able to get into the backfield and affect both the pass and the run. Um, someone who I think can definitely collapse the pocket. Every time you know with this this uh, this this draft class at the defensive tackle position, I, I just I'm shaking my head right now because there are just so many guys, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to rank this class. And you know I, I'm struggling to. I mean, you you obviously have Ed Oliver at the top, but then you look at you know Dexter Lawrence, you know Draymond Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, and, and Derek Brown, all right there. You know then you have Christian Wilkins, uh, Raekwon Davis out of Alabama, uh, Ricky Walker from Virginia Tech, you know Jerry Tillery out of Notre Dame. It seems like every single week I'm talking about that defensive tackle position, but that's how good these guys are. Somebody is going to fall out of the first round, and whoever it's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a team waiting there to uh, to get a steal. Um, to me, though, Derek Brown is one of those guys who is so active, um, so athletic, so powerful that uh, there's no way he's getting out of the top 25 picks. So LSU gets the win, knocks off Auburn. Um, Houston taking on Texas Tech, um, sixty-three to forty-nine. You know you had uh, you know Derek King, um, you know with uh, you know four hundred thirty-seven yards passing, five touchdowns. But man, a freshman, Alan Bowman, forty-three of uh, of fifty-nine for six hundred and five yards and five touchdowns. Um, just throwing the ball all over the yard. Antoine Wesley had a huge day, 13 receptions, 261 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, you know, Wesley is is a big receiver, um, you know, 6'5", 200 pounds. Um, thought that he, he showed some, some decent route running ability, um, you know, but uh, I, I think one of the plays that kind of stood out was um, you know, the, there was a quick out for, for four yards, uh, catch along the sideline and then, uh, get, gets vertical, shrugged off the tackle from Nick Watkins, the cornerback at the sticks. And then, uh, you know, it was a second and nine play by the way. So, uh, shrugs him off, able to dodge the safety and then, uh, was able to outrun the defenders on a 58 yard touchdown the rest of the way. Um, but just, you know, the ability, the elusiveness for a guy his size. He's a junior, um, but someone who I think at the end of the day is, is somebody who can make it at the next level. Uh, Travis Bruffy, um, back, um, missed last week. Uh, the 6'6", the 305-pound junior uh, left tackle. Um, I, I think he has some good movement skills, um, someone who could be a, a prospect at the next level. Um, Houston... You know, Garrett Davis, 6'2", 210 pounds, three-year starter. Um, you know, first drive of the game, you know, uh, 
left the game with a with a left lower leg injury. You know, there was a boot on his left foot, um, and he was on you know seen on crutches. Um, I think that's a huge blow to Houston. You know, if he's not going to be able to play for any length of time. Um, you know, Houston also offensively, you know, they've got a speedster on the outside. Marquez uh, Stevenson, you know, nine nine receptions, 177 yards, two touchdowns, a six foot, 190 pound sophomore, just a vertical threat over the top. You know, over 30 yards per reception, um, just a, a a speed merchant there on the outside. Um, but look, you tune in to watch Houston to watch Ed Oliver, the Ed Oliver Show. Seriously. Um, you know, he's playing at 281 pounds, um, you know, six, six, two, you know, he's probably not six, three, like he's, like he's listed as six, two, uh, the junior, um, there are a lot of times where he was double and triple teamed in this game. Um, just so explosive off the football and, and keeps working to the quarterback. He's just relentless in his pursuit of the quarterback. He's just so, um, just so you know, always working. He's always working so hard. Um, you know, that high motor, he never gives up on a play so durable as well. Um, you know, like I said, he just explodes off the football, gets into, um, the offensive lineman. You know, you see him a lot of times start to attack the, the, the center's left shoulder, and then we'll, we'll take a quick jab step and then cut back to the, uh, to the right side, cut inside the, the, the center. And then, pursue the quarterback you know I just thought that some of that that movement those movement skills setting up the his man and getting into the backfield um you know, good leverage to bull rush the center back into the quarterback um you know that that, that quick burst you know as a, a um as well you know just really manhandling a, a three-year starter um you know Paul Stallers uh the, the center you know six six two uh, 295 pounds um, but just double and triple team, and he still seemed to get movement on those guys. Still able to shoot some of those double teams. Um, you know, he's one of those guys. You know, took out the mic again. Sorry, sorry about that. But um, you know, they they talk about the th- the thirty nine and a half tackles for loss in uh, his first two seasons. You know, that's the most of anyone in the last two decades. So. Um, you know, I think that speaks to the, his level of play. To me, the only person that I would take uh, over him in the draft would be Nick Bosa. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to be able to affect the run, affect the pass, um, just a, a tremendous athlete like an Aaron Donald, you have to go with Ed Oliver. Just a couple more games to go, and then we'll, we'll take a look at what we have coming up. Some additional games to keep an eye out for, um, but uh, Alabama and Ole Miss. I was really looking forward to this game because I wanted to see you know Greg Little and Jonah Williams be able to compare the two a little bit, and uh, this really just turned into a, kind of a snooze fest. Alabama 60, 62 to seven, Ole Miss uh, with a touchdown pass on the very first play of the game, and uh, you know to 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 Metcalf, uh, the, the the big receiver. Uh, DK Metcalf, and uh, after that, you know, Ole Miss just could not generate any offense, and uh, you know, it, it was honestly the, the Tua uh, Tango by Tua Tango show. Uh, you know, the, the sophomore, you know, lefty quarterback, um, just so precise with his passing. You know, just you know, he sees the entire field. He's able to to identify any of the holes in the defense, excellent eye discipline, 
um, to, to hold the safety. And then you know, he lets it rip. And uh, the ball placement puts the ball away from defenders um, where only his man's going to be able to go make a play on the football. And what's crazy is this was only his third career start. It feels like he's been at Alabama a lot longer than that, but it's just his th- third career start. Um, you know, we all remember the national championship, you know, in just two quarters in the overtime, you know, he was 14 to 24 for 168 yards, three touchdowns and, and that one interception. Um, but to me, you know, Tua Tango Bailoa, you know, looked to be the best player out of there on, on the football field. And that includes those offensive linemen um, who we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, Deontay Thompson, I mentioned him as, as a top safety prospect, 6'2", 196 pounds, a junior. Um, just the, a guy who just does a great job diagnosing plays. Um, I, I thought they closed so quickly on, on a ball thrown to A.J. Brown. Um, just didn't let Brown um, get any head of steam. You know, A.J. Brown is, is 6'1", 230 pounds, and, uh, you know, is, is one of the top two or three uh, receivers in this draft class, um, but he just would not allow him to make any plays after the catch. Um, does a really good job reading the quarterback's eyes as well, playing deep safety. Um, and would plant and come downhill, um, you know, and make plays on on, on – uh, on, on, on throws in front of him uh, also has the range over the top um, to get, get to the sideline and make a play on the football as well. Um, does a really good job undercutting routes, um, you know, on plays to the sideline, you know, closes well on those to, uh, um, you know, and when he arrives, he knows he's not going for the knockout blow. He's looking to, to make a play on the football. Um, you know, so Deontay Thompson, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick a season ago, how are you going to replace him? Deontay Thompson definitely showing that uh, he's the next in line there to be a, a high draft pick there for Bama in the secondary. Jerry Judy, uh, 6'1", 192 pounds, only a sophomore, but a vertical threat. Um, just a guy who was running up the seam, running by by defenders. Um, you know, coming into the game, he had you know eight receptions. Four of those went for touchdown. Uh, had three receptions for 136 yards, two more touchdowns. Um, you know, he's he's somebody to, to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, with uh, with Tua next year, um, Irv Smith Jr., uh, 6'4", 241 pound junior tight end. Um, when you look at this tight end class, I think you've got you know a, a lot of juniors to talk about. Um, but he's somebody who I, I think is is really showing that he can get. Um, he can be effective in the um, in the passing game, and that's something that you know that when you look at this draft class, you have Noah Fant out of Iowa, um, hasn't really been able to show off his um, his skills very much this season. You know, but Caden Smith from Stanford, Caleb Wilson out of UCLA, and then uh, Albert O. You know, uh, uh, um there at Missouri. Those are probably your top four tight ends. Irv Smith is deserving of, of being in that conversation. You know, I need to start adding him to my my draft board there, my top 10 in the tight ends. I think he could be that number five tight end in that draft class. You know, uh, Damian Harris didn't really have a huge day because, you know, frankly, there wasn't a whole lot to do, just five carries on the day. Um, but uh, he was able to, um, you know, bounce a run, you know, basically press the line of scrimmage, bounced it to the outside, and uh, you know, forty-three yard touchdown, basically untouched. You know, to the to the outside. Um, you know, safety kind of vacated the area, and uh, you know, had had this this whole uh, area of green grass to run to. 
Um, you know, so I want to see Damian Harris against a better defense. Um, you know, Ole Miss, you know, just really a porous defense. You know, I want to see what Harris can do against a, a top-notch defense. Yes, he was a, a, a thousand-yard rusher in, in each of the last two seasons, but I really want you know to see what separates him and what makes him special. If I'm going to be using, you know, taking him in the first two to three rounds. AJ Brown, you know, he didn't really get to do a whole lot in this game. You know, you could see that he's he's definitely an athlete. Um, you know, uh, catches catches the ball with his hands away from the body. Um, does a good job um, in, in soft coverage, reading the route. Uh, or reading the the coverage, breaking off his route, coming back to the football, and then uh, looking to get get play uh, make plays after the catch. Um, definitely a weapon over the middle as well. Uses his size to his advantage. Um, former baseball player. I didn't realize this, but he's a 19th round pick of the the San Diego Padres. So you know, two sport guy. Um, but uh, you know, really, what I want to talk about is getting to Greg Little and Jonah Williams. You know, the top two tackles in, in this year's draft. Who's going to be the number one tackle taken off the board? Um, well, let me tell you. You know, Greg Little to me, six six, three hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, the junior looks like a left tackle, plays like a left tackle. He's going to be a left tackle at the next level. You know, I thought his kick slide was effortless in in, in pass protection, easily cutting off Anthony Jennings. Everyone's talking about Anthony Jennings as a as a uh, an elite pass rusher. I haven't seen it. There's no production there yet. Um, you know, six three, two hundred sixty six pounds. Yes, he made some plays in uh, you know in in some of the big games. But, uh, you know, I want to see him sustain that over an entire season. And I just haven't seen that yet. Um, you know, he'll he'll have a couple of splash plays, but, you know, you got to be consistent with that. I, I can't justify taking Anthony Jennings in the first round, and I don't know that I could justify taking him in the second round. I just I, I don't know um, if he has that type of explosiveness. Um, but Greg Little, getting back to him, very light on his feet. You know, I think that's one of the things that stood out. Um, you know, he was engaging uh, Isaiah Bugs, and basically, you know, poor, poor Isaiah, you know, just um, the hands were under his pad level and, uh, you know, just did a really good job with his feet mirroring the defender where the defensive end wherever he was going at one point with that leverage. Um, ultimately, you know, Isaiah Bugs trying to get off the block, got his hands up and uh, got called for an illegal hands to the face. Um, you know, again, you know, that, that that sliding, not only with the kick slide to the outside, but the power step back to the inside. Um, you know, just was just too quick for, for Raekwon Davis. You know, when you watch Raekwon Davis play, he's a defensive end uh, in Alabama's scheme. Um, but to me, I think he's going to be a, a 4-3 defensive tackle. Uh, he's 6'7", 316 pounds, but Greg Little was just way too quick for him. You know, I, he basically neutralized any effect that, that Raekwon had um, getting after the quarterback. Once he moved Raekwon Davis inside, that's when he was making all of his impact. That's when he was ultimately um, collapsing the pocket and, and getting penetration into the backfield. It was basically from him making all those plays on the inside. But, you know, definitely someone who uh, just did not have any uh, any answer for, for Greg Little. You know, just the, the length, the, the athleticism, uh, excellent hands. Um, to me, Greg Little is, is the, uh, the real deal when it comes to being a pass protector there um, at the left tackle position. And then Jonah Williams, to me, 6'5", 301 pounds, is, is the technician. Um, you know, he's quick. 
um, off the football. Um, one of the things that I thought was impressive was the power step, being able to wall off the inside move off the football you know, rather than commit to the, the kick slide and potentially overset being susceptible to that inside move. You know, that power step right off the ball was able to neutralize that right off the right off the snap. Um, you know, I think I think he stays uh, stays low out of his stance, able to climb to the second level and uh, you know ultimately you know, drives his man off the football, keeps stays low, drives up and uh, you know, able to just get right underneath that pad level. And once he does that, you know, he's generating a ton of movement off the football. Um, you know, he, he's, he's played in you know, and, and started every game. You know, he was a right tackle um, for Alabama, moved over to the left side the last two seasons. I think he's versatile enough to play either side. Um, you know, the, the handwork, you know, I thought they did a really good job you know, striking the defensive end um, and then just utilizing the, the, the hands. Um, inside to just control his man at will um i saw some physicality in the running game um pushing his man um you know i think it was a four-yard touchdown run and he drove his man all the way back into the end zone and ultimately just kind of shoved him down um so i got to see a little bit of a mean streak in jonah williams as well um, i think greg williams or greg little was a little bit more uh finesse um jonah williams you know, I thought that he was more of a finesse guy, but I got to see a lot more power in this game. And, uh, you know, I really liked what I saw out of out of Jonah Williams. These two guys have definitely separated themselves as the top two tackles in this year's draft. And, uh, you know, they have a chance to be top 10 picks. So moving on to another SEC team, Missouri taking on Purdue. 40-37 to was the final. And uh, Drew Locke. That's who I tuned in to see. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, Emmanuel Hall also uh, emerging as one of the top receivers in the in this draft class. 6'3", 195-pound senior, uh, 25 yards per catch, 170 yards per game coming into this uh, into this game. Um, you know, just a, a vertical threat. He was beating it, beating the cornerback um, by two steps left and right. You know, he had a 43-yard. Um, pass that, that actually went through his hands ultimately dropped the pass but uh they continue to go back to him lock continue to trust him down the football field and uh just was able to drop it in over his shoulder and uh you know emmanuel hall just being able to make plays on that football left and right um getting vertical up the field um you know so you know someone with that size being able to get vertical quickly on a, on a cornerback i think that's something that teams really have to to take notice of um, but Drew Locke, you know, he, he's off to a hot start. Um, you know, finally threw his first pick in this game. But I, I thought that he had such command of the offense. You know, you, you saw the the eye discipline, being able to, um, you know, hold the the linebacker or the safety um, there at the middle of the field, and then attacking uh, the defense outside the numbers. The anticipation with which he was throwing. You know, a lot of times there were receivers that weren't even out of their breaks yet, and the ball was out of his hand. You know, I want to see you know some touch. You know, we did get to see some of that in this game, but I keep you know talking about you know he left a few throws on the field because he was continuing as he's pushing the ball down the football field. Didn't always see the touch. I wanted to see him be able to kind of open things up and allow some of those receivers. He's got a ton of receivers there at Mizzou, allowing them to run under the football and, and make plays. But you know the athleticism, being able to make plays outside of the pocket. Um, you know, Drew Locke to me. 
Um, you know, he impressed me a lot, and he I think he's narrowing the gap there with with Justin Herbert. I think you know, at, coming into the season, I was so worried about him being a Josh Allen clone. Um, you know, I've made my my uh, opinion you know known very very much about Josh Allen. I think he's an, a a great athlete, but the issue with Josh Allen is he's not a sixty percent you know. Uh, 60% completion percentage passer. Uh, and that's really the, the the big issue. If you can't complete 60% of your passes at the collegiate level, what makes you think you're going to be able to do that at the NFL level? Very few quarterbacks that complete less than 60% of their passes at the collegiate level are able to transition to a successful NFL career. Um, you know, but Drew Locke being, you know, getting off to such a hot start, you know, he was, uh, I think, a 56% completion percentage uh, career, career uh, passer. But, uh, Drew Locke, you know, really looks like he stepped up his game. You know, he's fitting balls into tight windows, you know, making throws, making good decisions. And, uh, you know, his receivers are also helping him making some plays on the football as well. Not, not as many drops as you were seeing, um, you know, during, uh, you know, Locke's career. But I'll tell you, Derek Dooley has that offense firing on all cylinders. And uh, to me, Drew Locke, again, narrowing the gap between him and uh, and Justin Herbert and uh, if he continues on this role he could very well end up being the uh, first quarterback taken I wanted to see Josh Allen take the next step in terms of the accuracy you're seeing that from Drew Locke he has the arm strength and if he has the accuracy to go with that arm strength then I think you could end up seeing him being the number one uh quarterback when it's all said and done a lot to to see that this weekend we we're talking about some of these games and uh you know Oregon is going to have a big game against Stanford um, th- this weekend. So we get to see Justin Herbert take on um, you know one of the top defenses there in the Pac-12. And then uh, Mizzou, Drew Locke taking on Georgia, the number three team in the country. You know, uh, DeAndre Brown and country, or I'm sorry, DeAndre Baker and country and, and company uh, taking on uh, Drew Locke. And, uh, you know, we're going to really see what these guys are made of you know, at, the, at that quarterback position. You have Oregon and, uh, and Missouri. You know, if their quarterbacks can play well, you know, you could be t- looking at a, a couple of upsets when it's all said and done. So Drew Locke, you know, and, and he, he ultimately threw for uh, 375 yards, uh, 26 of a 43 passing with three touchdowns and just one interception. Um, but he was essentially out, you know, the outplayed in some degree uh, by David Blau. You know, 39 to 55, 572 yards with with three touchdowns and a pick. Um, but but David Blau, I mean, you throw for almost 600 yards, and uh, you, know, you still don't win the football game. Um, kind of brutal, um, you know, how everything kind of went down there. Um, you know, at the at the end of the game, they were able to to come back, get the game tied, and uh, it was really Drew. Um, Drew Locke driving his team down um, to ultimately get the field goal kick there by by Tucker McCann um, to win the football game. But David Blau, you know, he, he's 6'1", 205 pounds, not the biggest guy, but uh, excellent arm strength. I mean, I think he played, you know, had the best game of his career there for the Boilermakers, just making uh, precision throws. Um, you know, putting the ball where his receiver can make a play, and um, you know, not only on the football but also get uh, um, you know, down the football field after the catch. Um, just really an exciting uh, player to play uh, to watch um, there at the collegiate level. Um, and then just one last guy that I want to talk about before we move on, and that's Terry Beckner, um, 6'4", 295 pounds, twenty three tackles for loss in his career. 
again, another defensive tackle. You know, here's a guy, I think, you know, you're talking about the second to third round, um, you know, excellent swim move off the ball, you know, to beat the center. You know, it just seemed like that swim move, he was using that left and right, you know, able to close on the quarterback, um, make a play on the quarterback as as uh, as he throws, just did a really good job getting under the, the center's pad level, able to drive him back to collapse the pocket, um, did a good job, you know, um, O-line, you know, slants to the right, made a swim move on the left tackle, and uh, able to, you know, to get off the, um, out onto the perimeter and, and drop the running back for a tackle for loss on on uh, a stretch play. So very athletic, you know, able to make plays not only in, in the backfield but able to chase down plays in in pursuit as well. Uh, Stanford took on UC Davis, a thirty to ten win for Stanford. Uh, Bryce Love didn't play in the game. Um, you know, just shaking off some injuries, but two receivers to to make note of: J.J. Uh, Arcega Whiteside, six three, two hundred twenty six pounds, um, just a big bodied receiver, was just boxing out cornerbacks left and right. I mean, it, he basically looked like a basketball player uh, wearing a helmet because he, he'd get into the end zone, essentially turn around, box out the the defensive back, and then attack the ball in the air. You know, the the ability to extend those those arms, much like he was accepting a, a chess pass. And, uh, you know, a lot of times going up and elevating, uh, high-pointing the football as well. Uh, Arcega Whiteside, to me, is, is a guy who um, I would anticipate, you know, being a, a high draft pick there uh, at the receiver position. And then Keelan Doss, you know, the FCS, um, you know, Walter Payton Award finalist in, in 2017, a team captain. Um, 6'3", 209 pounds, could have been a grad transfer going somewhere else, but he stayed there at Davis. Um, you know, you saw excellent footwork on the outside. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I thought was so impressive, um, you know, was, you know, the, the ability to catch the football away from his body. Um, you know, very strong after the catch, you know, he's quick in and out of his breaks, does a good job sinking his hips. He's a bigger receiver, but, uh, does a good job, um, with those route, with the route running. Um, you know, does a good job coming back to the football. Um, there was one play, um, you know, where, you know, it's fourth and seven, fourth and 17, um, and, uh, able to run past the sticks, ultimately elevate, uh, it was covered two, and, uh, you know, there was a safety over the top corner underneath and, uh, you know, there's another defensive back coming over as well, able to elevate over all of them and, and ultimately attack the football in the air, uh, and make a play on the football. But this is a guy, you know, 115 receptions, um, you know, led, uh, you know, the, um, FCS with that with that total along with 136 yard uh, receiving yards per game big sky offensive player of the year um, and the consensus all-american um, you know he was someone that I definitely wanted to watch play and uh, you know didn't really see too many plays down the football field I think the 22 yard play was was the the longest of of the game for him but 13 receptions 106 yards I mean you, you knew where the football was going and uh, you know, only two passes um, that were caught in the first half did not go to him. And you know, despite the fact that you knew that that was where the football was going, and yes, some of the DBs made some plays on the football, he still had a 13 catches for 106 yards. Um, and, and while team, you know, the, the Stanford Cardinal knew where he was going to be on the football field, um, you know, he was still able to make some plays after the catch as well. Even though he was contained and bottled up for the most part, I thought he did a good job. Um, you know, making plays after the catch. 
and then finally you've got you know Texas and USC and uh, you know Clay Helton. Man, I you know th this is a, a a team that you know the O line play just wasn't there. Um, there. There's no running game. They had minus five yards rushing. You're putting all of all of this on your, your freshman quarterback. You know, he reclassified. You know should have been a senior at Modern Day, but he reclassified to be a freshman. Took over the helm. And, uh, you know, it was 30 of 48, 322 yards um, and an interception, had two fumbles on the day. And, and essentially, you, know, you can't sit there and expect him to um, to make all the plays. Um, you know, that's just not fair to to a freshman. You know, the, the running backs, you know, you lose, you know, Dylan McCullough, um, your running back coach to the, the uh, to the NFL. So you bring in Coach Drevno, um, who I don't think really has a whole lot of experience Um you know, coaching the running back position. Um, you bring in your um, offensive assistant to ultimately coach the quarterbacks. Uh, just a lot of things that that are just that aren't adding up there for for SC. You know, you had two punters that couldn't. Um, you know, that were just shanking balls left and right. And uh, you know, basically that a defense. You know, and, and this is a good Clancy Pendergast defense. Only gave up 17 to Stanford, and, and against Texas, they didn't. You know, there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, you know, uh, Trey Watson ran for just 72 yards. Uh, Sam Ellinger threw for for 228 yards himself. But you know, when you have short field, you know, you you can't be expected to to hold up for for very long. Um, you know, I thought the best player on the field arguably was was Porter Gustin. Um, you know, he had two sacks, three tackles for loss, ultimately called for targeting, so he's going to sit out the first half of uh, the game against Washington State uh tomorrow. But uh man, as USC does play Washington State on Friday. Um but just, you know, the the thing that was so fun to watch with with Porter Gustin was just his ability uh to get off block so quickly. Um you know, it does a really good job, you know, squeezing down um, you know, on, on his own read and then, uh, you know, able to make the read, you know, once the handoff was made, you know, gets downhill, drops a running back for no gain. Um, so relentless to the quarterback, you know, does a good job to, to rip and get by, um, the offensive lineman, then the, the speed to ultimately track down the quarterback to get the sack, you know, off the edge, you know, running back tried to cut him, you know, able to get up, chase the quarterback, um, you know, between the tackles only makes a, you know, a two yard gain. Um, you know, he, his hands are, are, are so violent and so powerful. You know, he's able to drive man, drive his man off, off the ball to get him off balance. Um, you also see his ability to, uh, just slap the, slap the hands off the ball, dip his inside shoulder, run the arc really well. Uh, Porter Gustin, just so relentless. You know, this guy's a football player. If he can stay healthy, that's really his biggest thing. You know, you, you had the, the torn biceps and the, um, you know, the, the, the broken toe with the screw, uh, screws put in his toe. And then he has the meniscus tear. Can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, then Porter Gustin, to me, is a guy who's going to be shooting up draft boards because he's going to be a workout warrior. But the thing with it is, is he has a play to back it up. Um, so to me, he was the best player out there on the football field. But really, once he was called for that targeting play and he was not on the football field that defense looked a little bit different and uh you know they they kind of got pushed around a little bit um texas 
Uh, Gary Johnson, you know, just so fast at the at the linebacker position, six foot, two hundred thirty pounds, uh, just runs very well. You know, was just all over the field, shooting into the backfield, had excellent range. You know, playing sideline to sideline, uh, six tackles, um, you know, a sack, four tackles for loss. Um, you know, like I said, he was all over the football field. I think he was the defensive player of the week uh, in the Big 12, and for good reason. Uh, we'll be really curious to see what he times out at in in the uh, in the 40 because of his his athleticism um, was just off the charts. Um, so that's that's it for really what I got to watch um, over the last weekend. So you know, we've got some games that are going to be coming up here. Um, on Saturday, and my computer still doesn't want to work. So let's see if we can bring some games up here on my phone. As I mentioned, you know the, the two big games that I'm going to definitely want to watch is uh, are uh, you know Oregon and uh, and Stanford, and then obviously um, Georgia and, and and Mizzou. Those I think those are two games that definitely you're going to want to tune in and, and keep an eye on. So if we look at Let's see. Uh, USC Washington State on Friday. Um, you know that should be interesting to see if USC is able to rebound. Um, Michigan taking on Nebraska. You know, let's see what uh, Rashawn Gary can do. Um, can he play? You know, uh, consistently um, rep in and rep out. That's something that you know definitely want to see. Buffalo three and O taking on Rutgers, uh, heading into Piscataway. What are they going to be able to do there? Um, like I said, Iowa State and Akron, definitely a game that I want to see. Um, let's see, as we make our way through, Alabama taking on Texas A&M. You know, Texas A&M narrowly lost to, to Clemson, ultimately lost 28-26. Definitely want to see what uh, what they can do against uh, Bama. Um, can they affect Tua Vailoa? That's really going to be a huge question mark there. Um, as we work through things, West Virginia and... Uh, um, Will Greer taking on Kansas State. Um, let's see, Florida State. You know, are they going to be able to 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 get a win there uh, in in Tallahassee against Northern Illinois? Here's the matchup that I want you to kind of key in on. There is is Max Sharping, the left tackle, um, who's one of my uh, top five offensive tackles in the draft. Um, let's see, you know. He's a six-five, three hundred and ten pounds, and you know I think he's he's definitely you know athletic there on on the on the perimeter kick slide. You know I, I thought you know the only time that he got in trouble was dealing with some of the speed from AJ Epinesa um, coming off the edge, and so he'll be matched up against uh, Brian Burns. I think if if he's able to to beat him early, then I think he'll be able to engulf Brian Burns. But Brian Burns with that speed, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who can uh, get the best of whom in that matchup. Uh, TCU taking on Texas, uh, you know, 17th ranked Horn Frogs going to Austin. Um, yeah, that's that's a game that uh, you want to keep an eye on. You know, both teams two and one. Texas rebounded and looked very good against and very you know in a decisive win over USC. Um, what are they going to be able to do against the Horn Frogs? Um, continue to work our way through. OU takes on Army. What's that uh, Mike Stoops defense going to look like against that Army triple option? Um, Mississippi State and Kentucky. We talked about that game. Oklahoma State taking on Texas Tech. You know, what is o- Oklahoma State for real? We'll see what they can do against Texas Tech's high-powered offense and that freshman Alan Bo- uh, Alan Bowman. 
let's see, what else do we have here? Um, Oregon Stanford. I, 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 again, can Justin Herbert, um, you know, produce and and really you know have it have that memorable game um against a top defense stanford's a top 10 team number seven in the country their defense is a lot better than we thought they were going to be what is justin herbert going to be able to do against uh, against stanford and can the ducks slow down bryce love that's going to be a huge question mark there also do they have anyone that can cover jgr sega whiteside on the outside um Wisconsin takes on Iowa. They're heading into Kinnick Stadium there in Iowa City. So, um, you know, will uh, will they be able to rebound? Um, will they be able to get that running game going? You know, Iowa and, and that vaunted uh, that that defense. They just they just reload there. Um, that defense has uh, you know been playing well. They're three and zero. So, it'd be interesting to see what Wisconsin can do if they can rebound. And then you have Washington, Arizona State. You know, Miles Gaskin, uh, you know, Jake Browning and company taking on Arizona State, you know, Herm Edwards, um, you know, what uh, what can that program do? Can they rebound after the loss to San Diego State? Uh, Nikhil Harry, if there's no, no one else that you want to tune into there, you know, make sure you tune in and watch Nikhil Harry, 6'4", 215 pounds, just looks like a man among boys on the outside. So those are the games that, uh, you know, I think we definitely want to take a look at, key in on um, over this weekend. Um Again, congratulations to the Browns on their first win in 635 days. Uh, can't believe it's been that long since the Browns last won a game. But uh, like I said, I've been saying it all along. They're in great hands. Um, I, I said earlier in an earlier podcast here for the 2019 series that I would stop talking about Baker Mayfield. But look, I've said it from day one and I'll say it again. John Dorsey wanting to to change the losing culture there in Cleveland took Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield was able to deliver on uh, on their first win in like I said 635 days um so you know he's doing something right there um so that's really what we're looking for now is is who's going to be that guy who's going to be the guy that's going to take things to the next level you, know, you see guys that are affecting plays that's really what I want to see going forward who's going to be the guys that teams are going to be game planning for uh play in and play out Nick Bosa is one of those guys Ed Oliver is one of those guys you know I really want to see who are the teams you know that you have to make sure that you're matching up and, and have an eye on uh, play in and play out Roquan Smith was a top 10 pick you know Devin White is a guy who's making plays all over the football field he has the chance to be a top 10 pick you know last year's draft we saw you know Mike McGlinchey taking number nine overall. We also saw Quentin Nelson taking number six overall. You have two offensive tackles um, who are prototypical left tackles. Um, you know with with Greg Little and, and Jonah Williams. Those are two guys that you can definitely see sitting there. Um, you know at the top uh, end of this draft. And then obviously a couple of receivers. You know Nikhil Harry, six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. I think he's in a class above it. You know. Everybody else, but A.J. Brown is a guy who I think when it's all said and done is going to have something to say about that. 6'1", 230 pounds, definitely a vertical threat, a guy who can go up and attack the football, make plays after the catch. At this point, i got to go ahead and get things wrapped up. It sounds like uh, 
Sounds like the uh, the dogs want to go ahead and head outside, so I got to go ahead and make sure that I let them out. But uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I continue to bring this to you, um, and get in as many games as I can over the weekend, and uh, we'll check in next week, see how everyone's doing. Um, you know, before I leave, um, I do want to welcome anybody who was listening to this podcast on iHeartRadio. I'm excited to announce that uh, uh, the Ready for the Draft podcast is now being. Um, you know, broadcast there on uh, iHeartRadio in addition to um, Apple, uh, you know, iTunes uh, and, and Stitcher, Google Play. Um, so welcome, you know, to anyone who hasn't been able to listen to the podcast before, uh, but you're tuning in on iHeartRadio now. Um, welcome and uh, hope you enjoyed the, the last two hours. Um, you know, you can follow me at Greg Shoots, uh, readyforthedraft.com. Another another quick plug there. Uh, the website is finally up and running um, so that you'll be able to at least go in there, take a look at my top 10 uh, picks by position, and uh, you know, we'll continue to add some additional analysis throughout the season, um, and especially after the season's over as we get into the, uh, the pre-draft process. Um, but once again... Three, three weeks of the season are in the books. We're working on week four already. Um, you know, we need to slow this uh, this football season down just a little bit because I don't want it to end just yet. But uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. Until next week, hope you all have a good week. And uh, I am out. Take care.